This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it is Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about tonight. Your calls are the primary element if you make them. And so we'll start things out. Uh, in moments here, just want to welcome a brand new affiliate. Well, sort of. It's WVNA in Florence, Alabama. They've been on with us for years, but they've added an FM side now. It was 1590, and now it's 1590 and 101.1 on in Florence, Alabama. So welcome. Uh, they've Apparently, I guess they flipped it on over the weekend or something like that. So welcome to all of our Florence FM listeners. Uh, by the way, you can get the full list of all of our affiliates at affiliates.freetalklive.com. And if you are listening in an area, well, perhaps on the Internet, where you aren't actually able to get us on the radio, you can go to localfact.freetalklive.com to learn how to help us get on your local talk stations. That's localfaq.freetalklive.com. All right, right to your phone calls. We go to Kevin in Canada. Kevin, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey there. How's it going, guys? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I'm... Uh... First of all, you know, I'm a radio broadcasting student, so maybe I can get you guys on the radio up here in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, would be, uh, it would be an interesting trick. I mean, it's possible. There are some shows that originate from the United States that do air in Canada, more general interest shows like uh, Dr. Laura or something like that, whereas most of the American political shows, there's no reason to put those on in Canada. However, Free Talk Live isn't a political show. It's a show, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of an open phones panel discussion that focuses more on issues and ideas than anything else. Obviously, we are originating from the U.S. But I think that you could get a, a Canadian talk program director to take a serious look at Free Talk Live. Well, possibly, but that's not, not really the issue I wanted to call tonight. Um, I'm, I, listen, I listen very closely to guys like Gerald Salente and uh, Lindsey Williams whenever they're on, they're on a radio program. I, sh- I try to listen to them as much as I can. I'm not familiar with uh, who those people are. Well, Gerald Salente is a trans researcher, and he's he's quite frankly, I've never he's never known to be, be wrong with any of his uh, trans forecasts. He's economic trans, social trans, and whatnot. And, uh, That's quite Lindsay a claim. Williams, pardon me. That's quite a claim. Yeah, and uh, well, he's never been wrong. He predicted the the uh, ever since 1980. He's predicted every economic fall. He's he's predicted economic trends. Yes, um, he I've pre- heard yes, about he, this guy. Pardon? I, I've heard about this guy. He's been doing this for 20 some odd years, and he has always been accurate. Yes, he has, and he's predicting that uh, things aren't looking too good for this year. And also, a uh, Lindsey Williams, who's who's. Uh, I guess I, I guess you could say as a New World Order insider, he was an insider. He worked with the global elite uh, for for quite a number of years, and they're both saying that they that there's likely going to be food shortages and the and the economic collapse this year that is likely going to trigger some civil unrest. Well, the message I got to give to the people is that no matter what happens, people can't riot. It plays right into the into the hands of the New World Order. That's, well, I don't know uh, much about the New World Order. I know there are men and women in search of power around the world. I'm not sure who they, who all, who they all hang out with and what circles they travel in. But I do know there are people in search of power, and they can cause some real trouble in that particular quest. As far as what you're saying, I think you're right on. I mean, uh, rioting is not going to help anybody with anything. So I think your right, advice but is how correct. are you possibly going to stop food riots? I mean, people are going to be starving. They won't be able to get a job anywhere. They're going to be sitting there. Uh, People have been predicting this for a long time, these food shortages, right. and they don't this, ever come to fruition. Well, and I have to say, I trust the black marketplace to bring me right. my damn Economically, food. there isn't going to be a food shortage. There's going to be, food's going to cost more money. And the United States of America, being the most affluent country on the planet, is going to do fine because all they're going to do is divert food that would go elsewhere in the world and where they likely will have riots and all this other stuff, and they'll bring it here. 
Well, hopefully that there, that hopefully there isn't any civil unrest because that's one thing we do not need. So, uh, well, thank you for that. And uh, any other thoughts tonight? Any other thoughts tonight? Uh, not really, but I'll, I'll try to think of something I'll All call right, maybe tomorrow night. Thanks for the call, dude. 800-259-9231. Whenever somebody says he's never been wrong, I immediately question, <laughs> what? <laughs> Ask his wife. <laughs> Let's continue. Talk to Dan in Indiana. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ian. Hello, Mark. We missed you there yesterday, Mark. Yeah, Sam's here with us tonight. Keep the world safe. Uh, go yeah. ahead, Dan. <laughs> okay, um... What I wanted to talk to you about, I recently found out that uh, that the uh, that, that strong uh, liquor and all that, you know, the, the real deal booze, okay. is only sold in the in liquor stores there in, in New Hampshire. Government uh, run liquor stores, as a matter mm-hmm. of fact. That just that just makes me cringe thinking about that, sir. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> but, well, um, I'm I'm not going to be in Indiana for much longer. I am heading for this free state and everything. Oh, excellent. Uh, two weeks and counting, I guess. Wow, that's uh, that'll come up before you know it. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, actually, what I wanted to do, and I wanted to ask you, I guess you've been past uh, some of these liquor stores, um, and I had a question regarding. I went that, into one of them one time just to see what it was like. I've never okay, been in one. Okay. Are, are they usually on a street where, say, um, um, you know, where there's like a public sidewalk there? I, I don't think there's any this. usually anything. They're everywhere. Uh, some of them are off the sides of the actual uh, interstate. Uh, some of them, I'm literally, you you know how there's some interstates or some state roads where you can you can only get off at the selected areas, and then there you know there's the rest stop, and then there's a gas station, and, yeah, and, and it's it, all it is is really a pit stop on the interstate. It's not even a town. You right. can't go anywhere. Yeah. Right. They right. they have right. liquor stores that are just right off the interstate, and then they just also have them all over the place in any uh, pretty much any fairly large town. I've okay. been to I've been to two, and they both had private sidewalks, private parking lots, and they were not near a public street. Geez, the re- the reason why I'm asking that is because I plan on uh, protesting. I mean, as soon as I want to help out some other people with some things up there, of course, but uh, I want to schedule something that doesn't coincide with uh, what other folks have got going on. But I want to basically, <laughs> I know you're going to think this is nuts, but it's work for me here, even in this slave pit of Indiana. I, I want to dress up as a gigantic bottle of hooch and <laughs> stand in front of there and do it by myself if, if uh, nobody joins in. But, um, uh, Definitely would welcome other people to help me I think me it's out. a great idea. I think it's a, it's a protest that's long overdue. I don't believe anybody mm-hmm. has picked up the mantle of fighting the state liquor monopoly here in the, the so-called free state or the soon-to-be free state. I think it's a great idea. Wait, Dan, oh. people see a bottle of hooch on the side of the sidewalk. What, what's the message? Well, you're gonna have, presumably you'd have a sign or a sandwich board or something like that to go oh, along yeah, with. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's why I would like some people to help me out with right. that as far as showing up with holding the signs. But, but yeah, and... Uh, um, you know, I haven't got all the details worked out, but I have uh, dressed up in costume here in in, uh, in Evansville, and, and I've gotten some really good, really good press and stuff. I, I dressed up as a gigantic cigarette back in 1998 to protest a smoking ban that they were going to have. The, uh, <laughs> I think I got, street theater is great. I think costumes oh, are great. Maybe I mean, we, we can get Dave Ridley to come out in the Wookiee costume. Right. Dave has a, <laughs> an awesome Wookiee costume that he was wearing, and he, he did it most recently to support, uh, I think he did a Fiji Wookiee, and he also did a Ron Paul Rebel Alliance Wookiee. And it was yeah. just brilliant. And, of course, people really get excited when they drive by and they see something like that. It really, it's much more, uh, it stands out a lot more than the average protest. Yeah. And if I might make a suggestion, I, I remember when I was down living in, 
in Sarasota down in Florida, if if there was a protest, it would pretty much just be me. From time to time, I'd I'd be able to get maybe one other person out to to be with me at different times throughout the day. Um, so it's going to be really different here. You're going to throw out that idea. And of course, we're talking yeah. about the Free State Project, uh, hundreds, thousands of living uh, of liberty-minded people all moving to New Hampshire and getting active. There's a lot yeah. going on up here. But basically, you throw out the idea on the the forums. And people, you tell them when you want to do it, what your plan is, uh, when you want them to show up, and people will show up. And they'll bring, some will bring their own signs, but if I might make a suggestion, it's a really good idea for you to make extra signs. Um, come and be ready for people to just show up and just, if they want a sign, you hand them the sign and then they, they don't have to go through the process of actually taking the time uh, out of their own schedule to make the sign. All they have to do is schedule to show up at your protest. And since it's your protest, oh, yeah. if you're good. making your signs, you get to select the messages that are on the signs as well. So yeah, it's a real easy way to get activists to just show up and kind of plug in yeah. uh, to what it is that you've created there. So if I might yeah. make that suggestion. Yeah, and to the, to the naysayers that said, no, no, you can't do it. I'm the kind of guy who's like, well, just watch me. <laughs> but um, good that, that protest that I that I had, uh, I got I got on the front page of of the Evansville Courier, which is I don't know if you guys are familiar with the paper, but we got a um, or back in the day they had a, a circulation, a daily circulation of 150,000 plus, and I got on the front page, gentlemen. It's not too shabby, <laughs> and we already have... Not too have... many guys in cigarette outfits running around Evansville that day. <laughs> well, and we already have a, a, a news release list. Uh, Freekeen.com is the local blog site here in Keene, New Hampshire. I'm not sure exactly where you... I think you are planning on looking at Keene as a, as a potential move yeah, to, uh, but I've already got a news good. release list, so if you, send, if you write up a press release, send it over to me, I'll plug it into the news release list, and we'll let them know in advance uh, that you're going to be there, and who knows, it probably send somebody out to cover it. Thanks, Dan, and uh, good luck with your travels. All right, thank you very much, Thanks sir. for the call. 800-259-9231. More people moving to New Hampshire. It just keeps getting more exciting as the weeks go on. You can bring up what you want. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by our friends at SACL CAI. It's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. Number again, 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're right there on the front page of the site. Free for you. Going back for an entire year at freetalklive.com. Speaking of SACL CAI, they have a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. Continuing with your phone calls, it's Dan in Kentucky. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, uh, I wanted to play a short game uh, where I say a, state a quote, and then I want you to guess who said it without uh, looking at Google. Okay. Okay, so the quote is, Great spirits have always encountered violent opposition from mediocre minds. Mm, don't know. Great spirits have often encountered violent opposition from mediocre minds. Gandhi. Have always. Nope. No, but I think it's an old, old quote. Like a philosopher? I don't know. All right. It's Einstein. That's the... Oh, that's it was Albert that Einstein. Okay. Yeah, well, it's beginning of the century anyway. Okay. 
Have a good day. Oh, thank you. That was enlightening. I appreciate that. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Dave, listening in the People's Republic of somewhere. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, do I understand you guys have uh, the liquor stores like in Ontario? I don't know much about Ontario, but I... Oh, yes, yes, Canada. I was in Ontario, Toronto, yep. where they, they do have the state-run liquor stores. Yes, it's exactly like that in, in New Hampshire, except I think that... No, correction. In Ontario, you can not purchase beer and wine anywhere but the state-run liquor stores, whereas in New Hampshire, you can purchase beer and wine in grocery stores and convenience stores. So I was shocked when I was in Toronto, went into a convenience store, and they didn't have any six-packs of beer. It was just so bizarre. Uh, so yes, there is a difference, but it's uh, the liquor, the hard, hard liquor is completely state-controlled inside New Hampshire. Okay, well, before my browser crashed a second ago, I was searching uh, online for the New Hampshire Liquor Commission. Mm -hmm. So they have all the stores on a map there and everything, and they also had price list of uh, all the wines. So the price is the same throughout the state. I I presume. Yes. Like in Michigan. Okay. Okay. Okay, I'm just yeah, and you can't get Boone's Farm there. Or? I don't know. I've been in the store one time just to see what it was like, and uh, there there's a large selection. I mean, they've, they've got a lot of liquor there. I don't know what's available and what's not, though. But but you say you can't buy wine at a grocery store or a gas station or whatever. Uh, I don't think you can buy Mad Dog 2020, but I think you can buy. You can get uh, at a gas station. You can get uh, the wine coolers and beer. I've seen those. I, right. I can't say that I pay yeah. a lot of attention. Oh, man. You're telling me if I move to New Hampshire, I can't get Boone's Farm? I don't know, dude. Call the liquor store and ask them if you, <laughs> you know, if you want, you can always uh, go down to Massachusetts, cross the border, and go to a private, uh, privately run liquor store. And in fact, because of the budget cuts, they're considering closing 12 of these stores, which sounds kind of strange to me on its face. Why would you be running a store uh, that's not profitable? <laughs> I guess the government doesn't have to worry about such things. They're not very good at this trivial. I think this is a matters. great issue, though. I, I think that having activists come here and getting active on the alcohol freedom issue, the alcohol freedom front, is a really good one. I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people would like to see some competition in the, the, the liquor world. It's just that who's willing to stand up for it? Who's I, willing to... I wouldn't because the BATF really goes to the guys with guns pretty quickly. Well, it's not going to be the BATF. It's going to be the New Hampshire Liquor Commission or whoever it is. That, I mean, if you, for instance, were to set up some kind of uh, protest where you decided to sell a bottle of liquor without state approval, that would get you into some pretty hot water pretty fast. But at the well, same time, it'd be a great protest. You. Huh? You still there? Yeah, right here. Oh, okay. Uh, I remember back in the day, you guys used to run ads for the Free State Project. What will it take for you to uh, move to New Hampshire? Yes, sir. You know, like if Hillary became president or whatever. Um, where do I find that on the web? Free State Project. going on? You go to freestateproject.org, and you can go to uh, the uh, join or sign up, or I'm not sure what the link says, but essentially you sign right the, the statement top. of intent. Yeah, it's right at the top of the page. And so then I, there are different things that you can customize there as far as the, the parameters uh, that would trigger your move to New Hampshire. So I could sign up, and my uh, statement of intent would be I'd move there once you all... Uh Straighten out these people so I can get a bottle of wine. Uh, well, yeah, I don't really think the that's the intention of the project, dude. Yeah, that's that's not. Yeah, it's not really the idea. The idea isn't to move here in in order to be free. The idea is um, to, to move here in order to uh, make it free for your children. Create and, freedom. Um, you know, the rest of the world. If you want to be free, buy a sailboat. 
Yeah, yeah we're, we're looking for people that are willing to uh, be activists, right, well, you that, know. Just, uh, that, that blew me away. I, okay. You know, especially the to live free or die state. You know, how, here's, how did that ever happen? I, I well, they stamp it on from. every license plate. <laughs> yeah, the, that's just the license plate, man. The um, Maine was the was the the flashpoint for uh, prohibition, and we're right next door. So, you know, uh, it's it's taking a little longer to pop the uh, rivets on all that. I think that nobody has ever claimed on this show that New Hampshire is a free place. There are a lot of problems here, and there are things that are, that will be less free for you when you move from where you're coming. Uh, for instance, the, the marijuana laws here are pretty draconian compared to some Very. of the other states around the country. So if I were looking for more freedom to just get high, uh, I could go and move to Colorado or California or something like that. But I'm looking to, like you were saying, Sam, to create a free place, to work together with other like-minded individuals to move toward that eventual destination. And uh, that's why I'm here, and I feel great about being here. I don't focus on all the negativity about what the government in New Hampshire is doing. I focus on where it is we're going, and that yeah, is to the voluntary society. You guys get that knocked out. For Good question. We'll years? get to it in a moment. Thank you, Dave, uh, Dave, for the call tonight. Mark, you've got an update on that, don't you? Yeah, the seatbelt uh, law. I'm, af- I'm afraid has at this point passed the House. Now we killed it in the Senate the two years ago. Uh, Dennis Goddard is of the opinion that we can kill it in the Senate again, but uh, and you know this is all according to his plan. He believes that you should uh, pass uh, pass laws in the House and you should stop them in the Senate, and so hopefully we can stop it in the Senate. But I was I was kind of hoping that the the House wouldn't pass it, but there's. This would have been nice. Three point something million dollars for the state extra right now, and you know they're not going to be able to collect as much. Property taxes are down, and all that other stuff. So money, money, money. Yep, it's all That's it's all about stealing about. money from you. You know, I want to point out one of the local uh, politicians here, Cynthia, that that is hosts the show Talkback that Ian and I call into on Saturday morning. You can listen to those archives at freekeen.com. You can. She has made the analogy of the free staters are kind of like children, like small children who go out there and tempt their parents and push the boundaries. And she's given the example of like the Andrew Carroll protest where he publicized beforehand that he was going to break the law and went out and broke the law. And and equated, she doesn't like that. Yeah. So it really gets under her skin. And she believes we're acting like small children. But really, look at the seatbelt law. How many times – this is such a blatant issue when it comes to freedom and your ability to choose what's best for you. To yep. choose if you want to buckle up, which I think is a pretty smart thing to do, or whether you want to take the risk. And See- I can understand the analogy that she ma- she's making. Children are constantly testing the boundaries of their parents because right. they want because they need to in, uh, they need to practice at being free. They need to practice at being adults. They need to practice at making decisions for themselves. But who's and coming she- back year after year after year proposing the same bad legislation until they wear down enough people to where enough people aren't coming out to take time off work and fight this kind of nonsense? More coming up here. You can uh, dial in. This is Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 
It's 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a bulletin board system with over 400,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about. Serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. AdamEve.com has a special offer for you. Go to AdamEve.com and get 50% off of one item when you type in FTL at the offer code coupon checkout. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. Get 50% off with offer code FTL at AdamEve.com. 800-259-9231. Now then, we were talking a moment ago about the seatbelt ban that they're looking at, or the seatbelt legislation they're looking at passing here in New Hampshire. Uh, it comes up every other year because I guess you can only resubmit a bill every two years or something like that. So it comes up every other year, and these status, these nanny status, are constantly trying to get this thing passed, number one, so they can get millions of dollars from the federal government, uh, from, you know, federal handout program. 3.2. Yeah. And then, of course, there's also, and on top of that money, there's also all of the money for the state in fines that they'll be handing out to people who aren't wearing their seatbelts. So it's a real, it's, you know, there's a real serious cash here that they're looking at bringing in. Uh, so they're motivated to go ahead and pass this. So despite the fact that this is the so-called live free or die state, uh, there are a whole lot of people that believe they know what's best for you and they have no problem forcing it down your throat. Of course, uh, we just reported, or Mark, you just tol- told us that today it did pass the state house. Correct. Which means it's going on to the Senate. And you were touching base with Dennis Goddard from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance there during the break. What did you learn about what's coming next year? Well, um, it's it, they, they, there is a Senate uh, committee that's going to be you know had and likely is I don't that know public. Uh, that public it will be hearing? public, yeah, and it's it'll be after March the 11th, um, so you know it's it's a ways off, but mm-hmm. not too far. And then the Senate will vote on it one way or the other. Um, I imagine that the Senate has uh, that the committee has to decide whether it ought to pass or um, you know inexpe- inexpedient to legislate there also. So it could be stopped in the committee, and or, or it could happen like the last time as on the uh, the the floor of the Senate with, by one vote. So we'll see what uh, what goes down, but the the fight is not over yet. Uh, you could, for instance, go to the Senate. I mean, again, I'm talking about activist options here. You could go to the Senate committee. You could make a speech. In fact, you could have a petition. I know that, Mark, you um, did actually appear in front of the House committee, and you pledged that if this passed, that you would no longer wear your seatbelt, that right. you are someone who does wear his seatbelt, but if this were to pass and it were to become a mandate, then you would no longer do it in yeah, protest. And they don't care. Well, I wonder if it would be interesting if you had a petition of, uh, I don't know, 50 or 100 people that also said, yes, if this passes, I will also no longer wear a seatbelt. And maybe that way you could come to, come in there and say, well, here are all these people that are also going to not wear a seatbelt. Indeed, if it does get through the Senate and it is signed into law by the governor – then I think it would be a perfect opportunity for a mass civil disobedience where you set up an event and 10, 20, 30 cars drive by the police station or drive around the police parking lot with uh, no one wearing seatbelts on, publicize one, it in advance. One problem with that is they are not setting up this in this law. It's not set up as a primary reason for them to stop. Yes, you. it is. Yes, it is. In this it law, is. It is. this is a primary, primary seatbelt stop. No, the lady testified at the end that it wasn't. Um, whoever testified is wrong. The sponsor of the bill. I'm sorry. It's a primary. Um, you must have. I'm. I'm you she got up misheard. because I've made that point when I spoke before the, these people. 
And she came up right after and said, look, hmm. this is not something we're going to pull people over. This is only if, you know, you're stopped for some re- some other reason and you're not wearing your seatbelt that you would get a ticket for it. Because I gave the example of the guy who was pulled over for not wearing a seatbelt. There's a YouTube video out there. The cop was being a jerk. The guy was not being the, as friendly as he could, and it escalated. They got out of the car. He picked up a shovel, and I think the guy shot him. So now we are uh, we are debating here whether or not this is a primary offense. You're right, Sam. If it's not primary, then that protest would Wouldn't be useless. Work, yeah. So we will see what happens here. We'll give, uh, bring you the updates. I don't updates. know that it would work anyway because the legislatures are, you know, I, I, what do they the, care? It doesn't right, affect I, them. Right, it doesn't. It doesn't affect them. You know, it's not like they. It's not like the, uh, the 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 heads of the SS had to watch the Jews be gassed or anything like that. They just sent down the orders. No, well, I'm just saying, if it does go through, then if it is a primary offense, it could be a nice. Protest yep. like immediately. Okay, you know, the day after this goes into uh, legislation or goes into law, then it uh, would be a nice protest if we had 50 people that were willing to do that, which we don't, and they refuse to pay. Well, that's what I meant. Yes, if they were to get the tickets and every single one of them were to just say screw you, nope. basically, uh, that would be awesome. And we're getting to that point. More and more there, people definitely. are moving, and more of them are becoming willing as each. Each new instance of civil disobedience occurs, each new instance of non-cooperation occurs, and we see what happens, what the results are of them. And we're going to see coming up here what Andrew Carroll's marijuana civil disobedience will be resulting in on the 3rd of March. Uh, when we see more of these results, it empowers others to do the same. It empowers others to to take that next step to non-cooperation. Nobody here is saying you should go all the way to jump in the deep end, to completely non-cooperate, to completely uh, be disobedient. Take little bit, uh, little bits, take little steps, little baby steps, and learn from the experiences of others at the same time. And that's what we're seeing happen as more people get here. It's encouraging more people to come and get active. And I think and, that's good. And the events are getting more sophisticated, more uh, or better, better planned and better put together and 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 better thought out. Ah, more, and more people are turning out at these events as yes. well. So it's really starting to... This is going to have to speak to some of these government bureaucrats. I mean, for instance, when Andrew Carroll, the marijuana disobedient here in Keene, recently had his marijuana protest wherein he just simply held a, a bud of what is alleged to have been marijuana. I guess the police tests have not come back on it yet. But he alleged, uh, allegedly held a bud of marijuana in his hand in public. There were about 40 people that came out for this. And we're talking about something that happened in the dead of winter. I mean, January 10th, middle of the day on January 10th, people took time off from work or whatever. They drove for an hour and a half from across the state to come here to Keene, New Hampshire, and watch this happen. Hopefully we can have as many people show up to the district court on the morning of his trial. And hopefully a good percentage of them will not stand for the judge. And in that same period of time, uh, Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com has announced that he's going to be there. He sent a letter to the Keene District Court this week that basically said, hey, I'm coming into your court, and I'm going to keep recording if you tell me to turn the camera off. I'm going to pan the audience, which is something they've told uh, cameramen that they cannot do. And that is an actual municipal court rule. I found it when I was looking through doing some research. Uh, there is a, He's willing to go to jail. There this. is a rule that says they cannot pan the cameras, and it's it's a municipal court rule. Well, he's willing to go to jail. All right. Hey, and, hey, nothing wrong with that. And he has <laughs> said that if they try to take Andrew uh, into the secret tribunal room, which is what they did with me, uh, if they try to take him into that secret tribunal room, Dave Ridley will attempt to follow them there. So he'll pick up his camera and then <laughs> attempt to follow them in there. Go, Dave. Uh, so so you're looking at uh, this is a this is going to be a big event. I mean you 
you've got the uh, Andrew Carroll trial on one hand, and then on the other hand, Dave Ridley doing this civil disobedience there. Sam, you said you're going to be there, presumably, with your video camera, yes. because Dave has said he's not going to record when he's in the lobby area. He only wants to test the limits of the internal court area. However, it's possible they'll start some stuff with him in the lobby, and so having more cameras there, I think, would be a valuable thing. Yeah, I have no problem filming in the lobby because the judge's authority and his rules extend to the proceedings in the Well, you've the already gone room. there twice. Yeah. <laughs> you've <laughs> that <been> too. <laughs> you've been in there twice over the last three weeks, and both times they've tried to bully you into turning your camera off, and you have refused, and they haven't arrested you for it. Isn't it amazing, though? I mean... The, the political people, they're, what's the number one argument that they tell us, us uh, voluntarists? Vote. vote. Participate, or how do we, yeah, how do we fix system. things? Use yeah. the system to change the system. So we went in there to this court, and the guy comes up and, and stands there and tells me to turn the camera off. He gets in my face. I take a step back. He advances forward. He was, he was rather aggressive. And I told him, okay, he, he told me to turn the camera off. He, he referenced some rules on the wall that were nowhere to be found on the wall. So I asked him to cite, okay, what is it exactly you're trying to enforce here? He couldn't do that, but he just expected me to uh, comply and, and turn the camera off. Right. Work within the system, even though we don't have any, we don't have any idea what Right. That. We don't even so, know our own system. And when I, brought up, up on our own. when I brought up a constitutional argument, oh, I don't want to discuss that. So work in the system, but we don't want to talk to you about your ideas. It's our way or the highway jack yep that's my that's been my experience 800-259-9231 that is the SACL cai toll free line you can bring up what you want and that's why we call the show free talk live This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. You like this show? You want to help support Free Talk Live? Well, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in, reinvest it into the program, getting on as many radio stations around the country as possible, bringing new internet listeners on board as well, and helping expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll get access to the AMP-only call-in lines, uh, chat room, forum, and more. By the way, the AMP-only chat room is back up. We had it down for a couple of uh, couple of days this week due to technical difficulties. I have since rearranged some of the computing things here in the studio, and so the webcam is back online. And you don't have to have you don't have to be an amplifier to use the webcam. You can see that free over at cam.freetalklive.com. That's cam.freetalklive.com. And to become an amplifier, just go to AMP. FreeTalkLive.com. As we go to your phone calls, Eric is on the line in Texas. Eric, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? So, last couple of days you've been talking about college and its usefulness or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wanted to weigh in uh, as well as answer uh, the question that the gentleman had the other day about, you know, how to get his first million. Um, By all means, the- sir, go ahead. The quick suggestion on that one is I would recommend you read uh, a book by a gentleman named Stephen Covey called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. That's a pretty good good one. How about uh, Think and Grow Rich? Uh, That's supposed to be an excellent one as well. Napoleon Hill. It's been on my shelf for a long time. I haven't actually read it yet. 
<laughs> I have I have never heard of that one. I'll have to check that one out. For somebody compl- uh, for somebody completely new, there's a book, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, by Robert Kiyosaki. That's a that decent one. Pretty good. The book's pretty good. Uh, you know, the Robert Kiyosaki uh, mm. is a fraud. <laughs> okay. His ideas, I think, are pretty solid. I, I think the, that the, the but, context of where to come from, the, from the wealthy versus the poor, mm-hmm. he draws some great distinctions. He's been doing a lot of speeches for a long time, and uh, I think that the, uh, the, the the foundation of that is very good. Eric, other thoughts uh, for us? Yeah, well, as far as the college thing goes, uh, I didn't go to college, um, but I spent the last three years doing tech support for a large biotech firm. Uh, so I spent uh, many an hour on the phone with... Uh, PhDs, uh, and in many cases, multiple PhDs. And I I will grant them that those guys are some of the smartest people in the world, but it seems like the more schooling they get, uh, the faster their common sense seems to evaporate. Well, Uh, PhDs learn more and more about less and less until they know absolutely everything about almost nothing. (laughs) Exactly. That's actually pretty accurate. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, uh, I mean, these guys were, you know, working on cures for diseases and stuff. And the same basic process is what we use to troubleshoot computers. You know, you just, you, you diagnose, you isolate, uh, and you figure out what's going on. And these guys can't apply, you know, see how to apply those same skills. Uh, and for example, uh, I'm, I'm sure all of you guys know how to change a password in Windows. You know, the Mark probably does not. Password in Windows. It's the the same process that it's been since Windows came out 15 years ago or whatever. It's never changed, and yet these guys can never figure it out. Every three months, they're calling us, asking us how to change the Yeah, you know, I had a friend like that when I was in high school. He was really, really book smart, really brilliant guy. Uh, But as far as uh, the street smarts or common sense was concerned, he just just didn't have it. Yeah. It it disappeared. So you said you did not go to college at all, not even a two-year? No, and that was the other point I wanted to make. Um, the only detraction that it's had for me is I have noticed that uh, for whatever reason, when you're looking for promotion, it hurts you if you don't have that piece of paper. Uh, for some reason, upper management thinks that that piece of paper is worth something. I don't know why. Uh, maybe it's because they feel if they went and got it that I should too. Is that the case? Uh, it, I mean, are these upper managers also people who went to college? If so, I believe you're absolutely spot on with that. I think it's, you know, sort of the cycle of abuse, like, oh, well, we're better because we went through this process, and so therefore we would rather uh, favor those who have also gone through this process. Yes, I used to work for Agile and Technologies. Uh, came, Phone company, right? Spun out of, well, spun out of Hewlett Packard in uh, 2000. And in that company, the, you could, you could, Get a job and work your way up without a college degree, and you could even get into management. You could be a low-level district manager where you had a few employees, but to go beyond that, you really had to – they expected these candidates to have an MBA or or something equivalent. And in the tech industry, it's really interesting because if you look at the leaders of the tech industry, uh, uh, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, these guys didn't finish college. They dropped out of college and went on to become multi-billionaires. You don't need college when you can create value for people. Absolutely. You're bringing something uh, that other people are looking for. You're bringing a product or service to the marketplace that people are going to want, then you can make uh, quite a good living. Right. And where it gets interesting is the people that they bring in under them to manage their business 
you know, when they went to hire those people, they figured, well, you know, these guys are going to be running my business for me. I need to get people who had an education. So they hired people with degrees. And then those people with degrees, you know, they that's where the cycle of abuse starts. It starts lower. Hmm. Uh, so your only hope is to, uh, you know, have a product or service that you know that you can take to market and do it yourself. Well, I think there is something to be said for going back to school, getting an MBA, and really understanding how the fundamentals of a of financing statement work and, uh, you know, how to evaluate a business, a new product, something along those lines. And those are skills that, you know, I, having gone to college, didn't get. But if I were to go on to a master's degree, then, yeah, I, I could gain those skills. And certainly the government paradigm of taxes and all of the regulations and requirements that they have placed on uh, businesses in the United States, those feed into that paradigm and help perpetuate it. Yeah, because I don't know any of that stuff, and I think I'm pretty decent at running my business. I'd say so. Hey, thank you, Eric, for the call and the discussion tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Dave, listening to WAIS in Athens, Ohio. Hello, Dave. Hi, guys. In Ohio now, there is pending legislation to legalize marijuana for medical use. Great. That's great news, Andy. You going to get some, Dave? (laughs) No. No, why not? If it's prescribed, it'll be fine. I think there's some websites where you can read and learn how to get it prescribed. Well, yeah, it's usually not hard. I mean, at least out in California, it's not hard to get a prescription. And listen to this one. Psych doctors prescribe barbiturates, which are ten times more dangerous than regular drugs, and they're legal. Are there any actual barbiturates on the street? I mean, I remember when I was in D.A.R.E. class, that was one of the things they had up on the posters or in the in the material that they would give you. And, you know, of course, there's the uppers, there's uh, the cocaine and the speed, there are the downers, quaaludes, I guess, are downers, uh, heroin, heroin, I think, was considered think, yeah. a downer, yeah, opiates. And then there were barbiturates. What the hell are the barbiturates? Where are I've never had anybody say, these? hey, you want to buy some barbiturates. <laughs> well, they're, they're going to be street terms. So what morphine, would the street... Is morphine a barbiturate? That's an opiate. Well, amphetamines oh. are speed, I know. Yeah, that's that's an upper. I don't think that... I don't, maybe, maybe barbiturates is... I don't even remember what it was. I mean, it's so non-existent in the illegal drug world. Why were they even teaching about them? I what am I know. missing here? Thank you, Dave, for the call right, tonight. Thanks. 800-259-9231. Because what they do is they build on the curriculum. So I'm sure in, you know, 1968 or something like that, barbiturates may have been a big thing. Uh, they'll they'll yeah. still teach kids about angel dust. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> what I was wondering. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's a barbiturate. I, I don't think so. Well, I, I'm not sure, but we will continue here, and uh, maybe I'll do a little research and figure out what exactly barbiturates are. All right. In the meantime, we go to your phone calls. Kurt is on the line in Michigan. Kurt, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Kurt. I hate it here in Michigan. I miss you guys. This Aww. is uh, Kurt from Keene. Oh, what what are you doing in Michigan? Well, we, uh, Auburn's mom passed away, so we had to come out here, and we're getting the house cleaned up for sale and whatnot. So... But we do. We miss you guys, and um, it was good at least to meet Sam once. And haven't met Mark yet, but uh, we've only been in New Hampshire for a little while. So I you're tying you up some who... you're tying up some loose ends, and will this yeah. presumably be your last trip in the uh, near, oh, yeah. recent future yeah, or yeah. near future? That's yeah, we got. I got. We're doing a lot of painting and whatnot here to get the house ready for sale. This is a common and, story, uh, by the way. A lot of uh, you're oh, not yeah. the first person to, to tell a story like this, where you've come to New Hampshire, you've lived here for a few weeks, and then you have to go back home to take care of some other stuff, uh, and it's just, it's like 
living in hell, uh, being away it from is. all of the activists and all of the uh, the greatness that uh, that is happening here in New Hampshire, and to go back to you know the the uh, the stagnant old statist place from whence you come. Absolutely, and uh, I know I I really didn't even like leaving Porkfest when I came up there. After I found out, I said, "Geez, it's like being in heaven." It really, truly is. Some people have come and, to uh, uh, Pork uh, Porcupine Freedom Festival. Some people have come and stayed. They've literally yeah. just said, "Screw it, I'm not going home." I don't know. You're probably calling for a reason. So hang on, we'll bring you back yeah, yeah. if you'd like uh, after the news. More coming up here. You can bring up what you want, and we'll find out what barbiturates are. I still want to know. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. Hour number two is on the way. You, as always, can bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. Peter Schiff on the economy. We're broke. This is not just a financial crisis. This is an economic collapse. The government is trying to interfere with the free market. All the government can do is create inflation. The government doesn't have any money. They're going to print it. doesn't matter if you get your money out of the bank, but then you take it to the grocery store and you can't buy anything. We're going to die from the cure, not the disease. The change that we need is less government. It's less interference. We're just going to get more of the same, only worse. Schiffbomb.com, February 21st. Paid for by PEAC PAC. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And there's a commercial. Okay, anyway, it's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Continuing here with your phone calls. Kurt, still on the line in Michigan. Uh, go ahead. What was, your, uh, what was your call about tonight, Kurt? Well, I hate being in Michigan, but uh, you know, Sam had mentioned earlier that you know he didn't know if people would show up. But I mean, Auburn's here, I'm here. That's two of us. I know Sam would show up. Uh, you know, we got you know, you know how many people. There, well, like Kurt, do me a people. favor, back up off your phone about an inch and a half, two inches, and let's see uh, how that sounds. If you don't mind. All right, man. How's that? That's much, much better. better. It sounded like you were swallowing it before. Okay, so you said you've got me, it. Sam, you, and what you were talking about the what the uh, the, the seatbelt yeah. protest that I was talking about last yeah, hour. There are so many people who show up for that. I know. I know it's a hot button issue for Mark and you know for Dennis and for everybody up there. I mean, it's it's a hot button. It, it is. It's it, it is. And, and I agree with Sam. It's just so juvenile for them to think Peter that they Schiff need to strap on the in. economy. We're broke. This is not just a financial crisis. This is. Sorry about that. Go, go ahead, Kurt. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. It's juvenile to think that they need to strap us in. I mean, it's, it, the, I like the guy who called in with the prohibition uh, dressing up in a bottle of hooch. I think that's a great idea. And people will show up. You know, people will show up. Look at the were signs for Andrew Carroll. And, you know, that's really – I haven't been able to participate in a whole lot of stuff because I haven't been there long. But, sure. uh, you know, we'll show up. We're going to show up even for the uh, for the HCR6 rally. And I know that uh, if you look on Facebook, there are tons of people that are going to be coming, too. And, and, and I don't know how political I want to be, but I certainly think that that's a worthy cause of participating right, in. Right, the HCR6, of course, being the line in the sand, the resolution that the New Hampshire House is looking at voting on that will essentially tell the federal government, hey, look, you've gone too far. If you take another step toward tyranny, we're out of here. Uh, so are you coming back specifically for that from Michigan, or will you be back permanently by that point? Well, we'll be back permanently by that point. We're only going to need to make one more trip out here to grab our grab the rest of the stuff. And, and we're back full-time, and we really don't want to go anywhere else. Right? We really don't have any desire to even leave New Hampshire. 
Yep, I'm with you, man. It's a great place to be. Lots of wonderful people uh, sur- to, to surround yourself with. And, of course, uh, the Liberty Forum just days after the HCR6 uh, event. And so there's always so much to do up here. You really do have uh, quite a smorgasbord of activity that you uh, can select from. And then again, if whatever it is that you want to happen isn't happening, it's just a matter of throwing the idea out there to the activists and seeing who steps up to help you out with it. And, of course, the more people there are up here, the more options there are on the table. And I thank you, Kurt, for the, the call time. And I appreciate it, and good luck getting back here in one piece. Uh, so the more people that we have, the more activity we can have. The more activity we have, the more people will draw here. Uh, the numbers continue to go up on the Free State Project website. Yeah, it's shooting up. As there, a matter of fact, I understand there's 666 movers at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I've heard. So you could be mover 667. Let's I get suppose. us out of that rut. So, all right. So there you go. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. We continue with Glenn in Alabama. Glenn, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. How you Glenn, doing? Glenn, what's on your mind tonight? Um, I guess you, you had a guy uh, call in before earlier. He was talking about the value of a college education and, and a higher degree. Mm-hmm. And he cited uh, Bill Gates and other entrepreneurs who've kind of forsaken that path. Um, well, I'm, I'm about to get um, I receive my Ph.D., and um, I, I guess the way I see it is that um, it's, it's a matter of the barrier to entry. You know, if, if you can easily buy a computer and, and innovate, with uh, software or hardware on that, um, but uh, on a lot of other technical fields, you know, you, you can't just go out and get an MRI machine or, uh, you know, some, uh, some other uh, high-technology devices. They're very expensive. So if you want to, you know, try to innovate or pursue research in that, you're kind of shackled to, to do going through the system, which can often be, you know, uh, grinding. Well, I, I, I understand where you're coming from, and I think the, the caller... You know, um, I can I can see where he's coming from. He's running up uh, against the point where to get up into upper management in his company, he's going to have to get higher education. At that point, I don't have a problem getting a college degree. I think that you should get a college degree if what you want to do requires a college degree. However, I don't think that people should enter college um, before they really a know what they want to do. Uh, and mm, that happens a lot. I that think happens average, most of the time. I think the average college student changes his or her major at least three times in his college yeah, you career. Sh- you should know, and I, I th- don't you think you should go into the the you know as best you can go into the field um, before you get go to college. With, without a doubt, if you don't have the uh, enthusiasm for um, for a project coming into it, and you're just thinking you're going to stumble your way through it and figure out what you really want to do, um, you're going to be miserable. And um, you know that's that's definitely a huge mistake in, in any kind of pursuit like that. But I, I really don't think you need. I think you're better off if you can figure things out for yourself. I think you're better off. But unfortunately, the way the system's structured, it, it seems that you do need to depend upon these institutions, which don't necessarily help you to be the most creative and productive you can be, but, but you know, have the, the technology you require and have the training that you require to break I, in there. I would also point out that, sure, today MRI, MRI machines are very expensive, and when the first LCD TVs came out, they cost, what, $10,000? So yeah. things get cheaper over time as technology is able to innovate, as they're able to uh, integrate, you know, more of the technology into a smaller uh, space and do it more efficiently so one day people will have mri machines in their home i have no doubt well, if there's a yeah. if there's a consumer demand for such right. a thing and also if the fda will get the hell out of the way I mean, if that were the case mri machines would be a hell of a lot cheaper than they are today because you could have real free market competition in the healthcare field which you just don't have right now 
Yeah, I saw the other week they were selling these genetic kits to like sequence DNA, and I, I'm all for it. I say let the let the people out there let let the people out there start you know screwing Tinkering. around with these things mm-hmm. and, and hacking DNA. Uh, that you know uh, a lot of a lot of the um, progress is is impeded by um, you know this exclusivity and keeping it behind the uh, in the ivory tower. So no I'm all about for it. that. Glenn, any other thoughts tonight? Uh, no, that's all right. Thanks Have for a good the call, night, dude. Appreciate hearing from you. Let's talk to Mark, listening in Washington to KRCC. Hello, hey Mark. Guys, how's it going? What's on your mind tonight? Um, yeah, you were wondering about barbiturates. Well, I, I'm still in my first year of college right now, and one of the things that I first learned in psychology was the different drug classifications, and barbiturates are um, basically tranquilizers. They are downers. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was looking during the news break about that, and I thought there was a separation between downers and barbiturates, but I guess I was just misremembering my indoctrination from D.A.R.E. class <laughs> back in fifth grade. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right. Uh, essentially, they are downers. They, uh, and why someone would want to take a downer, I'm not sure. I guess you really just want to forget your life or something like that. Yeah, and I don't know how uh, very widespread the tranquilizer drug market is uh, these days. But Apparently, I well, according to Arrowhead, it was pretty big in the 70s and 80s. However, in the 90s and the aughts, it has not been so much. People don't really use these things anymore. Yeah, but uh, what, what I really wanted to talk about is uh, I heard about the Consumer Product Safety Improvement Act of 2008, which I guess passed last year which um, basically is saying that uh, a lot of the products that were made before 1985 contained a lot of lead, and that mm-hmm. was a big um, scare that came up last year. And a lot of stores that have, they sell, like, uh, used children's books and toys and stuff, and if they're made before 1985 and they don't get them checked by this third-party organization, then they can get in big trouble for selling these things, so they're having to throw away all these books and toys and stuff. Yeah, this is a huge so, hit to the independent toy manufacturers out there, the uh, the people that are the mom and pops, the smaller manufacturers, anybody but Mattel and Hasbro, pretty much. Uh, they've, they've been really hit by this, and the regulations, I believe, went into effect... I think it was sometime this month. I think it was maybe last week. I'm not positive exactly on the details there. But this is real bad news because it means that every single toy manufacturer has to test, at the cost of, in many cases, thousands of dollars to test for lead and what they call, I think it's phthalates or thalmates. And they have to test every single model that they create. So not every iteration of that model, but the first model that they create, they have to have that tested and certified, and they have to include a a certification slip inside the toy when they sell it so that parents can feel safe that their uh, their children are not being threatened by the evil lead. And in in addition, it's also hurt uh, resellers. It's hurt the thrift stores out there, you know, the Salvation Armies of the world. My mother runs a a thrift shop uh, in Sarasota, and so you can can't resell these products legally, from my understanding of the the new legislation, unless they've been lead tested. And it could be a real... I think they're they're trying to get exemptions on some of these things, but I don't remember what's been exempted and what hasn't. And I do know that there are some serious consequences coming out of this legislation. I thank you for bringing it up tonight. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. In fact, I heard recently that one of the recent fallouts was that children's bikes, motorbikes, little kid motorbikes, you can't sell those anymore because they have lead in them. So they're just banned. In the batteries. Really? Okay, there you go. More on the way. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. This 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com, and those features, by the way, include live streams. Got a broadband version, dial-up version, and a webcam, all completely free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. According to the Computer Privacy Handbook, normal, normal Internet technology is the most comprehensive surveillance system ever invented. Put a stop to email snooping with an easy-to-use email alternative, privacyharbor.com. You can go over there and get a free account today at privacyharbor.com because normal email is not secure. So, lots of news worth talking about. Your calls are the primary element if you make them, but a story about the bailouts. Remember how they gave billions of dollars to GM and Chrysler? Now, it was actually Ford, to their credit, they said they didn't want the money. So, to, to Ford's credit, they turned it down. Uh, but remember, that was like, what, $15 billion or something like that? It was, it was a lot of money that they handed out to those guys. So, Ford had the chance to take bailout money and did not take it? It's my understanding they turned it down. Oh, my next car is going to be a Ford. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, They're still kind of crappy from what I understand. Yeah, they're awful. Oh, you mean the the construction of them? Yeah, just Fords in general. Why Fords? I don't know. I've never heard anything good about Ford. You think Never heard anything good about it. Come on. You think Ford's been producing cars this long by producing a crappy product? I don't know, man. They're having trouble doing business. Ford took their number one selling car, the Taurus, and canceled it a couple years ago and replaced it with nothing. That doesn't mean that they're producing crappy cars. That means that that somebody made a choice that uh, you you didn't agree with. Fix or repair daily. That's what I hear that Ford stands for. I've had had eight of those (laughs) cars brand new, and we've had... Fuel failures where they fail accelerating onto the freeway, all kinds of different. I'm sorry, man. I've never had a couple of Fords. They were fine. Never once heard anything. That's the first thing I've ever heard good about a Ford. First thing right there. 800-259-9231 if you want to comment on uh, Fords. Uh, but you know, I was giving them a little bit of credit. I don't. That's to say you should run out and buy one, though. Uh, but the story here is that apparently the billions of dollars that the U.S. federal government, uh, your money, by the way, the billions of your dollars that they gave to these automakers... Apparently wasn't enough. Now, I had suggested before when we talked about this issue that why is it that anybody thinks that GM or Chrysler failing, two failing companies, Chrysler failed before, they got bailed out in it was the early 80s, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, they failed before, they're failing now. Who really believes that they're going to be able to do better with other people's money? Who really believes that these billions of dollars is go- was, was going to do anything? To save these companies from their own self-destructive ways. Well, do you want the industrial base of America to collapse, Ian? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's ludicrous, the idea that some car company going out of business is going to collapse anything. It's just going to result in their assets being auctioned off to the highest bidder, and somebody else can try their their hand at manufacturing autos. It's it's really ludicrous, I agree. Um, The only thing that that makes this, uh, the Ford, uh, Chevrolet, uh, Chrysler, the only thing that makes them American car companies is the name chrysler just got sold by daimler a german company Mm -hmm. um you know ford owned saab these these are international companies Mm -hmm. they are not american car manufacturers now i understand there's a lot of people that work for these companies and it makes more sense than say um you know saying you got to give my company money so that i can continue to get the really great deal that my union has put together it makes you know that's not a, a very smart thing to say a smarter thing to say is 
my God, all of America's going to fall into a black hole if you don't save that, save yeah. Ford, you know, that, or, or, you know, Chrysler or GM or whatever. It, you know, it, it makes more sense to do that. It's, but it's as ludicrous as saying, well, if Free Talk Live goes out of business, then the radio industry's complete. <laughs> well, but Ian, you, you did say that, uh, you know, let them go out of business and somebody else will come in and build a car, but that's simply not the case because, There are so many government regulations and crash tests and all of these standards and things that it takes tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars to create a new car and bring it to the market thanks to the bureaucrats. That's probably true. I, I I can't say for sure I know exactly what all the numbers are, but you're right. Obviously, the regulations well, do it, make it difficult to bring new products to the marketplace, but yeah, with the it, right it, number of investors, those it can be done. Can be it may not be a new car company that des- decides to do it. It may be another one of the existing car companies that, that snatch says, up the assets. Right. Well, I mean, what, do you do you want a factory at uh, 20 cents on the dollar? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. Well, now here and the, we've got some trained people that are really motivated to work right now. Here are the details on this because again, they they want more money. They're coming back with what has it been? Three months since they got the bailout. They're coming back already, looking for more. The country's largest automaker, according to ABC News, says it may need upwards of thirty billion. Thirty billion now is what it needs in government aid, which is your money. And we'll cut 20,000 U.S. jobs to come back from the brink of bankruptcy. Well, wait a, wait a second. <laughs> I thought the pitch that we were being pitched in December before George Bush left office, the pitch on this automotive bailout was it's going to save jobs. I thought that was the whole plan here was to, to keep the automotive manufacturers uh, well, running. It is saving jobs. Now they're able to keep more of these $70 an hour uh, union workers who turn screws for a living. But still, even 20,000 of those guys are going to lose their jobs here, even if they do get the $30 billion. So they're saying, we need $30 billion and we have to cut 20,000 jobs. Where is this going? It's, it's going this, to total government ownership of this the... Is how government, uh, this is how it always works. I mean, obviously, they're going to be back. They're going to be back until, you know, they manage to run themselves out of business because, well, it's free money, for God's sake. They're not working for their money anymore. General Motors has received $9.4 billion in federal loans since December and received another $4 billion on the day this article was written. So uh, yesterday, on the 17th, they received $4 billion. But the company says it still needs as much as $16.6 billion more in financing to survive the uh, troubled credit market. That's General Motors? That's correct, General Motors. The company who runs OnStar. I believe so, yes. Who can unlock your doors, who can shut your car down, who can uh, deflate your tires, uh, is getting government bailout and and letting the government come in and have a say in how its companies run. Not only that, they can also turn the microphones on in the car and just listen to you and pass that along to the authorities. Yeah, that's that sounds like a car company I want to do business with. The company also plans to cut 47,000 jobs from its global operations, including 20,000 hourly jobs in the United States. So hourly jobs. So well, that wouldn't be the union, though, would it? If, it were, if they're hourly jobs? I don't know. I can't do answer unions, that. Do union guys get paid hourly? I guess they probably do, don't I believe they? Like they 25 do, bucks yeah, an hour have, or something? Mm-hmm. Well, close to, by, by the way, they also want to close 14 manufacturing plants by 2012. Officials stressed that slashing costs alone wouldn't be enough to return the ailing, uh, ailing company to profit, profitability. In documents submitted to the government today, GM said that under extraordinary conditions, including plummeting automotive sales and a weak financial market, GM was compelled to turn to the U.S. government for assistance. GM's also turning to other countries for help. At a press conference today, their chief said the automaker is appealing for aid from several foreign governments, including those of Canada, Germany, and Sweden. Can <laughs> we you need believe international this? bailouts. Help. 
this is unbelievable, isn't it? GM said I'm, I'm it's, flabbergasted. it's still working on scaling back its brands. The company is considering selling its Hummer, Saab, and Saturn brands while touting its commitment to fuel-efficient cars. Uh, earlier today, by the way, the number three U.S. automaker, Chrysler, asked for $5 billion more. So it's not just GM that's coming back for more. Chrysler saying they need $5 billion more. Well, dollars. look, if your competitor is getting $15 billion and you're not getting anything, that puts, you at, a signif- well, it puts yeah. you at a significant disadvantage because they can wipe out all this debt and they can emerge more profitable and you're stuck carrying all that burden. Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. Your thoughts on this or whatever you want to discuss. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, the toll-free number for you to bring up anything is 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. Again, that's Shrine. Dot freetalklive.com. You can see what that's all about. As we go to your phone calls, Jamie is on the line in Kentucky. Jamie, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I got something to say about this uh, bailout deal. Tell me. Give it to me. Go ahead, Jamie. Um, it's, it's just a sham. It's only for the rich. Oh, and wait a minute. I don't know. Uh, Chrysler Chairman Robert Nardelli said this today. He said, we believe the requested working capital loan is the least costly alternative and will help provide an important stimulus to the U.S. economy and deliver positive results for the American taxpayers. Positive results. What did you say, uh, Jamie? I said bull crappy pappy. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't it amazing that they can actually uh, keep a straight face while telling that lie? Yeah. Well, uh, you know why they lie? Because people listen. If people quit listening to the government, and this would be a free society then. Well, I would agree we'll with you. We'll never have generally. a free society as long as this demonist government is involved. Even the Democrats. Uh, uh, hey, I voted l- for Obama. I'm ashamed. I'm sorry <laughs> to hear that, buddy. As long as people are willing to buy into the paradigm and not start thinking for themselves, then yeah, they're going to let bureaucrats make decisions like this and take away their freedoms and uh, the, what can you do about it other than to show people a, a, a bigger picture of the world could i ask you a question go okay. ahead okay uh, have y'all ever heard of the nwo isn't that the re- a wrestling thing <laughs> no new world order well, that uh, is yeah. the wrestlers. That, that is the wrestlers. No, no, it's not. It's something Kit Kissinger brought up on N- as CNBC. Is he one of the wrestlers? Obama needs a new world order, he said. Obama's a wrestler, too? He's kind no, of skinny. No, <laughs> It's talking about the government. What does the government have to do with wrestling? I'm lost here. A new world order, it's a, they're heading towards a one, more, a one, one world government. Well, there's People only one WWE, baby. Start looking at these things. What channel is this on? It's, uh, it's on YouTube, and it's Kissinger saying it out of his own mouth. Too. You've got it's internet now, like, Jamie? What? You've got internet these days? You're moving up yeah. in the world, my Woo-hoo. friend. 
Thank you yeah. for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you as always. Love to see Kissinger dropping an elbow on somebody. 800-259-9231. That is the Sakel CAI toll-free line. You know, another uh, wrestling group I remember when I was a kid was the Legion of Doom. <laughs> I have no idea. Doesn't that sound like a good uh, conspiracy, conspiracy group? The Legion of Doom. <laughs> That's all I remember. <laughs> all I remember is Hulk Hogan and Cindy Lauper and some guy. Von Erichs. I mean, yeah, New World Order sounds... His cheek. New World Order sounds so innocuous compared to Legion of doom. Why don't the uh, you know these evil world masters and the world elite actually come up with something kind of that's going to strike fear into the heart of people? I don't know. I don't either. Uh, so yeah, the, the so the details here on this automotive bailout. Uh, so it looks like GM is looking for another 16.6 billion dollars. They're planning on axing 47,000 of their employees across the world, 20,000 of them in the United States. Chrysler also looking for more money. Apparently. They are looking for $5 billion more, and they're going to be cutting 3,000 jobs. Since January of last year, they slashed 32,000 positions. Chrysler's request for additional aid comes less than two months after the company received $4 billion in loans from the federal government. In a statement, they cited an unprecedented decline in the automotive sector motivated their most recent request. So it has been just a matter of weeks since they were given billions of dollars, and now they're coming back looking for more. Now, these are government loans that they're receiving. So taxpayer dollars are being funneled to these companies, and they're, they're promising that they're going to pay these things back. Now, in addition to getting the government loans, in addition to getting the billions, they're also agreeing to do certain things. So the CEO, for instance, cut his pay to a dollar or something symbolic like that. And so they're agreeing to certain terms. The government is also, I believe, getting stock options in the company, some sort of stock, preferred stock or something like that in these companies. So very slowly, what you're seeing happen is the federal government is taking over operations of these companies step by step first it's a few rules here and it's some stock over here now it's oh you need more money do you well we're going to talk about it because they have to come to another agreement at this point in order to get these extra billions of dollars they're going to have to agree to do more things for the government and who really believes that these companies can pay this money back who really believes that are they gonna are they suggesting they're going to pay the money back? They're loans, aren't they? I mean, I they are saying they want loans to, you know, get them over the hump or whatever, right? To get, you know, to move the companies on into the future. We're doing bad right now, but just give us these loans and we're <laughs> going to make it work. Because we didn't work, we didn't make it work with our own money, but for whatever reason, we're going to be able to make it work now with the taxpayers' dollars. Who believes this story? Does anybody in this audience believe this? 800-259-9231. I, don't, I certainly don't. I think that what you're going to see happen is they are going to default on the loans, and that's going to result in the government going in and somehow taking over operations of the companies. As simple as it sounds, the, the mass majority of the people out there do not get to hear this perspective. What they get to hear is, we've got to save the automotive industry. If they go down, it's going to be really bad for America. It's going to cause all of these other industries to fail, and it will cascade, and we just cannot have that. So something has to be done to save the car industry. And it's kind of, I mean, maybe they won't take them over, because how retarded would that be? I mean, the government running a car company while there are still other private car companies in the marketplace competing with them? They won't be able to run the company better than Ford and GM have been able to, or rather GM and uh, Chrysler have been able to run their, their own companies. So what will it really result in? Will the government just take all the assets and then auction them off themselves and, and write off the loans? I mean, how will, how will the end of this play out? Because there will be a bitter end for both of these companies, I predict. 
How will it play out? What do you think? We'd love to hear your speculation at 1-800-259-9231 as these car companies are already coming back after just weeks looking for billions more of taxpayer dollars in the form of loans. Sad stuff. We continue here. Uh, You can bring up anything, and we will talk about body scanners. It's been a while since we've discussed airport security-related issues, and I guess that's a good thing because it means that things aren't really... Uh, the tyranny hasn't been advancing too quickly in airports. At least we haven't seen any stories about it. But now there is something new. And the story is from USA Today, where for the first time, some airline passengers will be skipping metal detectors and instead be screened by body scanning machines that look through clothing for hidden weapons, according to the TSA. The experimental program begins today at Tulsa International Airport. It'll test whether the $170,000 body scanners could replace the $10,000 metal scanners, or metal detectors rather, that have been scanning airline passengers since 1973. Airports in San Francisco, Vegas, Miami, Albuquerque, and Salt Lake City will also join the test in the next two months. Scanners aim to close a loophole by finding non-metallic weapons such as plastic and liquid explosives, which the TSA considers a major threat. The machines, <laughs> but they range... can't find any of this stuff anyway. Right. The TSA's own red team manages to get somewhere between uh, 50 and 75 percent of guns, knives, and bombs, whether they're made out of metal or not, through the TSA. I mean, it's their own tests. They fail constantly. The machines raise privacy concerns because the images reveal outlines of private body parts. Uh, the American Civil Liberties Union spokesperson Barry Steinhardt says we are getting closer and closer to a required strip search to board an airplane. Another privacy advocate fears passengers won't understand the scanners take vivid images that the screeners are able to view. They say that each scanner has expl- explanatory signs on how the machines work and posters showing the image they create. Passengers at the test airports will be instructed to go through the new scanners. Anyone who doesn't want to go through will be allowed to refuse and instead will go through a metal detector and receive a pat-down. So, you will have a new choice, presuming that the government goes through with this and outfits every single airport with these $170,000 body scanners, which will be a real nice deal for whichever manufacturer is, ma- uh, is making these things. But presuming they go ahead with this plan, you'll then have two choices. You either go through the body scanner or you go through the metal detector and receive a pat-down. And that's it, if you want to get on a plane. How long do you think it'll be before a series of these pictures turn up on the Internet somewhere? From of celebrities? Some bureaucrat that's released, yeah, uh, all of these photos. Maybe a little longer. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, it's your show. And you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away. Now, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. And a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live. Again, that's amazon.freetalklive.com. So a few more details here on what may be coming to an airport near you. If you didn't think the security state was intrusive enough, well, just wait until you see the new $170,000 body scanners. They're going to be implementing at Tulsa, San Francisco, Vegas, Miami, Albuquerque, and Salt Lake City as a test and then presumably be rolling them out nationwide. 
As a passenger, you will be told that you will either go through the body scanner or you'll receive a pat-down and be wanted with a metal detector. People that are actually in the scanner will have to stand with their arms raised and their face will be blurred out in a metallic-looking image on a nearby screen. TSA screeners view the images from inside a closed room near a checkpoint, and they claim that they immediately delete the images. Of course they do. And the TSA spokesperson says, we've struck a very good balance between security and privacy. According now, to us. Right. <laughs> yeah. So all you just have to do is stand in this machine, raise your arms above your head, and bend over, pull your pants down. How many other steps will they uh, will they be adding to this? And also, something you might want to what you might want to ask yourself is, well, if they are deleting the pictures now, what if later on there's some security incident where somebody gets through one of these body scanners and for whatever reason they miss something? I don't know. Maybe it's in the the small of their back, for instance, or for whatever the reason they're able to to obscure something from the view of this scanner. And they say that, oh, well, you know, if we hadn't deleted his picture, we would have been able to catch this guy. We would have been able to, you know, to better identify him in the airport. Now, to be fair to them, this, it is kind of a very general view of you. There aren't any real identifying features, from what I can tell, of the scan that they're showing. But nonetheless, it's it's only a matter of a, a simple policy change between what they're planning on doing, and that is they're deleting the pictures immediately and having an archive of them going back for weeks. Yeah, and that's the presentation layer. Beneath that, they may have the details where they can sharpen the focus, and who's to say later they're not going to change the restriction, just as you said. Right, they could perhaps up, upgrade the software, make it uh, even better. Who, I mean, who really does know where they're going to go with this? But one thing you can predict is that the program will expand out. Usually when government creates a new program, they have initial goals for it, and then the objectives change later on down the line. So it it's not going to be a big jump for them to start archiving these pictures that they get from this machine. Uh, Christopher Bidwell, a security chief at the airport's Counter International Trade Group, says, ah, the scanner doesn't really reveal as much as some people might think. They say they address problems exposed by government probes in which covert agents got liquid explosives and detonators through airport checkpoints. And a security analyst says the, secure, or the scanner should improve security and warn that they take longer than the metal detectors. So, wait, wait, wait. He said somebody got liquid explosives through the metal detector? Correct, through the current airport checkpoints, Is yes. Is he backing that up? or I, I've, never, I've never heard that. Well, it's um, the the red team. Likely, the red team is what who who did it. I mean, it said, "Who's the somebody, Ian?" Uh, it's a go- the government claims. I mean, the the everything that I've read says that TATP is the explosive that they use. Now, once you start mixing it, the stuff is so unstable it wouldn't survive the ride to the airport, much less the trip through security and so forth. Every time I bring up the TSA, bring that up with the TSA, they say, "Oh, no, 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 that's not the binary explosive that we're talking about." Well, what is it? Oh, we can't tell you. Well, um, likely the uh, TAP, it doesn't matter whether the TAP would actually explode for them, for some jackball journalist to call it an explosive, because yeah. all they're doing is uh, writing what was given to them on the uh, government uh, press release. Yeah. True. And this was from a they Homeland call Security th- report. That bottle of Zephyr Hills uh, bottled water an explosive, as far as they're concerned, you know? Well, yeah. get ready to wait. This, put, it, put it in the sun, it, it could pop. If you thought the airport lines were slow now, get ready to wait longer, because the dub- it's going to double the time it takes to screen each passenger. What an inconvenience. Now, if you want to smuggle something, you have to put it in your carry-on and send it through the x-ray. <laughs> <sighs> 
Or you can just uh, do it the old-fashioned way and go through the metal detector and just be patted down. So if you okay. are trying to smuggle something, it would be better to, I think, ha- have a pat-down, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. All right. So for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 800-259-9231. That is the number. You can bring up what you want. In fact, we were going to have Dennis on the line. He was going to clarify a few things uh, with us on the whole seatbelt issue. Hopefully, he'll call back. Uh, In the meantime, we will tell you about a young lady who was arrested for... Too much texting. Mark, do you have that story handy by any chance? I do. Um, it's it, it, it's an amazing story. A 14-year-old Wisconsin girl who refused to stop texting during high school math class was arrested and charged with disorderly conduct. Of course. According to the police. Um, a teenager was busted last Wednesday at Wauwatosa um, East East uh, High School after the she ignored a teacher's... Wauwatosa, I think. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Demand that she uh, cease texting. The girl whose name was um, been re- redacted from the... Uh, redacted. Redacted? Okay, from the blow... Uh, what? Say the word? Redacted. And the next... And the police department? I'm not reading Wauwatosa, the entire thing. Uh, uh, police oh, Wauwatosa? Yeah. Police department report initially denied having a phone when the con- when confronted by a school security officer. However, the phone was located after the girl was frisked by a female cop. The mm. um, Samsung Cricket, the police report noted, and was recovered from the buttocks area of the teenager. The student was issued a criminal citation for disorderly conduct, which carried a bail of uh, $298 and mm. had her phone confiscated. The girl was barred from school property for a week, is scheduled uh, for an April 20 court appearance on a misdemeanor rap. What Fourteen. In the, what in the world are they doing? Charging some uh, for classroom behavior? They're charging somebody. Uh, she's lucky like, she didn't. She's lucky she didn't have any sexting pictures on there. Because then she'd get a child porn charge. In addition, I mean, these these cell phones are really turning into trouble for teenagers these days. The bureaucrats don't like them very much. No, these schools, these government-run schools, are really turning into trouble. Well, for you're right about kids. that. But what's new, right? Yeah. Keep uh, sending them, keep sending them, and keep paying, too. Make sure you keep paying mm, for this yeah, kind that's of right. stuff. That's right. Well, because if you don't pay, then they're going to come throw you out of your house. And, and then we'd have uneducated children running around uh, destroying society. Uh, don't we have that already? I mean, uh, 20% of uh, kids that graduated from government school are functionally illiterate, according to their own numbers. That's true. Why is it that, that this young lady texting in her class... Is something that the police need to be called in. Right. About. That's really what my question is. I mean, school administration can't handle this. They can't just kick the girl. You know, okay, um, you're not following orders in class. You're suspended, or you have in-school suspension, or whatever. You have a cell phone when you're not supposed to have one. You know, you know what the rules are. You can't handle this. These this these these bureaucrats that we pay likely six figures a year to cannot handle this. They can't handle a 14-year-old girl. Well, I think it's a consequence of as the regulations and the bureaucracy around the education system gets bigger and bigger and thicker, uh, the kids, they know that what they're getting is not useful information, so they they pay less attention. They become mm-hmm. more rebellious, and you, you're going to get more and more kids acting out like this, and the teachers... Uh, they just don't have the the people skills or or the incentives necessary that exist in the private market. Right, to and the answer up. the answer for them is never caring and 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 loving oh, no, and appreciating no. and and helping this you, this young lady um, f- figure out why it is she shouldn't be texting in or class. Or figuring the, out you know why is it that my class it sucks so bad that these kids would rather sit there and text on their cell phone. 
That's true. The answer is always, well, let's call the cops and let's go right to the violence. Let's go right to the force. We'll teach this young lady a lesson, a $300 bail lesson, night in jail. Who knows how long she sat in jail before her parents came down to get her out. A misdemeanor charge on her rap sheet at age 14. This is the solution to disobedience in class? The other misdemeanor kids, charges? The other kids will fall right in line. I'll tell you what it wouldn't, where this wouldn't have happened as a private school. Now, uh, I don't know that I don't know that all I when I went to private school there were times when I was bored in class and could likely have if there was some some such thing as texting been doing some texting if I got caught I certainly would have obeyed immediately but there's likely some kid out there that wouldn't in some private school somewhere no private school is ever going to call the cops on one of their students they'll kick them off the campus and that'll be uh, you know it would be the maximum of what they would do what if the student refuses to leave the classroom well, at that point, um, it, it, when it's a private school, then you don't have any issue of, I mean, the, the students, the, the student's family has paid for them to be in the public school. Yeah. So you have an issue of sort of right to be there. Whereas with a private school, likely there's some kind of contract of service going on. You know, the, And I'm sure one of the fastest things they, they put on there is that at any time we can kick your kid out of class. And, uh, likely, I'm just saying, do you think they would call other teachers in the, to bring yeah, the kid out? Yeah, they call the baseball coach and the football coach who are usually, you know, ex-athletes and bigger guys anyway yep what are you gonna do yeah you're gonna go with coach (laughs) (laughs) all right so there is the latest out of the u.s government schools the insanity and the prohibitions continue the enforcement continues and it's just so sad looking at all this happening And, and as you were suggesting sam if you've got kids in the government school get them out as soon as you possibly can as soon as possible 800-259-9231, and obviously stopping paying would be nice too, but you should probably be around other activists before you do something like that, so join the Free State Project and come up here. All right, more on the way. Hour 3 is coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Peter Schiff on the economy. We're broke. This is not just a financial crisis. This is an economic collapse. The government is trying to interfere with the free market. All the government can do is create inflation. The government doesn't have any money. They're going to print it. doesn't matter if you get your money out of the bank, but then you take it to the grocery store and you can't buy anything. We're going to die from the cure, not the disease. The change that we need is less government. It's less interference. We're just going to get more of the same, only worse. Schiffbomb.com, February 21st. Paid for by PEAC PAC. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the program. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We were talking last hour about the bailouts, uh, the automotive bailouts, and it looks like GM and Chrysler are coming back to the federal trough, looking for billions more. In the case of GM, uh, it was 16 plus billion. In the case of Chrysler, another five billion. And apparently, it's not just the automotive industry that uh, would like to get some money. Uh, obviously, the banks, the bankers, are pretty interested in the same sort of thing. And I actually thought I had access to the full article, but I don't here. But to give you the gist of the story, bank nationalization, according to Financial Times, FT.com, bank nationalization gains ground with Republicans. Yeah, you know, those defenders of the free marketplace. Yeah. According to the headline... Small government. 
No socialism. According to the headline on the story, Republican senator for South Carolina says that many of his colleagues, including John McCain, agree with his view that nationalization of some banks should be on the table. And the article goes on to talk about how it is that, and I I wish I had it in front of me, but I don't, but some of the quotes are pretty golden of these Republicans basically saying, well, you know, it's not such a bad idea after all. I mean, after all, their buddies are in the banking industry, aren't they? And so having uh, some sort of governmental involvement could mean more money coming in for them, right? I mean, if the government sends them more taxpayer dollars, then the government gets a little bit of control. It's not full nationalization. It's just semi-nationalization. We're only going to nationalize at 25%. It's it's still a somewhat free marketplace in banking. Of course, you know, then then what you have is the the free market gets uh, blamed. I mean, at this point, the banks have really, I don't know, I think we might have already had 25% 25% nationalization since the FCC, or excuse me, uh, the, the Federal FDR. Reserve. Well, right. The idea there's a free market in banking is pretty absurd on its face. Right. And so the, the problems get blamed on the free market when, in fact, they're the problems of the regulation, and then you just get, it just get further and further. And it, you know, oh. we might as well let the government run all the banks because then people will realize, holy crap, the government can't run banks. One of my producers did give me the direct link to the story here. I'll continue this. According to the Financial Times, it's long regarded as the folly of Europeans in the United States nationalizations gaining rapid acceptance among Washington opinion formers. And not just with Alan Greenspan, the former Federal Reserve chairman. That was also some big news, I guess, was that Greenspan has given it the thumbs up. (laughs) So this is a guy that used to talk about how gold was a good thing. Talk about a, a changed man in a real bad way. Mr. Graham, sure still getting the payoffs. This is the Republican senator for South Carolina, Lindsey Graham, says that people across the U.S. accept his argument that it's untenable to keep throwing good money after bad into institutions such as Citigroup and Bank of America, which now have a lower net value than the amount of public funds that they have received. He told the Financial Times in an interview, you shouldn't get caught up on a word. And that word, of course, is nationalization. <laughs> He says, I would argue that we cannot be ideologically a little bit pregnant. It doesn't matter what you call it, but we can't keep on funding these zombie banks without gaining public control. That's what the Japanese did. We don't want to repeat those same mistakes, so what we need to do is take more control over these banks. I mean, we're giving them the money, but they're just not doing what we want them to do with it. It's just not working out us just handing over this money, so let's hand over some money and take control of their operations. That's the Republican way to do things, isn't it? I'm I, 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 <laughs> so baffled by I'm this. I'm still trying to think of an example where government's been handed over a lot of money and they've done really wonderful things. I'd like to hear an example, like one, of a government program that worked. Just one. I guess by You've work, been asking for that for years. I have, and no one's really given me one. And and I have to make my caveat. I don't mean that they gave, you know, that they put money to build a high school. Um, you know, they they put forward money and then managed to build a high school. Because if you put forth too much money and still get what you pay, you know what you were asking for, that's not a success. That's a failure. I.e., if my wife, if I'm supposed to go out and buy a car that day, and I go out to buy a Honda Accord, and I pay eighty-five thousand dollars for that Honda Accord, my wife is not going to call that successful. Yes, I got a Honda Accord. However, I paid triple what I was supposed to. 
So back to the story. Barack Obama, who has tried to avoid panicking lawmakers and markets by entertaining the idea, has moved more towards what he calls the Swedish model. An approach backed strongly by Senator Graham in the early 1990s, Sweden nationalized its banking sector, then auctioned banks having cleaned up the balance sheets. So does that mean that they took over the banks and just kind of... Did their governmental magic on bad things disappear? Yeah, on the numbers, and then essentially sold the cleaned up banks off to private hands. Is that what I'm understanding there? What it sounds like. He says, uh, Graham says, in limited circumstances, the Swedish model makes sense for the U.S. Mr. Obama last weekend made clear he was leaning more toward the Swedish model than to the piecemeal approach taken in Japan. He said that uh, blah blah blah. Hold on, taking taxpayer dollars and. Selling off these bad assets at a loss, obviously at a greatly reduced price, that's better than actually just letting the business go go under. Apparently, and, and letting these assets go onto the market by the banks. I, I don't, I don't, just don't understand this. Administration officials acknowledged the rescue plan unveiled by Tim Gaetner, Treasury Secretary, last week said uh, could result in the temporary nationalization of some weak banks. The plan sets out a framework for revealing the extent of the likely credit losses facing banks. Most private sector analysts believe the exercise will reveal that some banks have large capital shortfalls. Policymakers acknowledge that if this is indeed the case, it will be difficult for those with the largest shortfalls to raise the required equity from the markets, in which case the government would probably have to take temporary control. Mm. Only temporary, though. Don't worry, folks. We're not going to have an official government bank here for much longer than a temporary period. I mean, uh, that's right. The uh, Wasn't the income tax temporary when it was first instituted? I don't the, think it was temporary. War? I thought um, it was for the Civil War. They said, um, temporary for the Civil War? I don't know that they had an income tax for the Civil War. I can't... Uh, what was it? They instituted some sort of tax. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Apologize. I, I, I couldn't tell you for sure. Um, the... But the income tax was – they didn't want to put the cap of 10 percent or whatever on it because, the, well, my God, they would get there too quickly. They will never get to 10 percent on the income tax, but they did. Does the Tennessee Valley still have uh, places that need electricity in the TVA still around? I, I, hear, I hear that they do, but I don't know for sure. And now they're loaning out – rather than – this was an agency established to bring electricity to the region. Now they're, they're loaning out money for, for uh, cable – providers to expand service and and phone companies and so forth i believe oh so that was supposed to be a temporary program yeah oh, that's good i was trying to think of something i know there are a lot of them out there there are examples that just weren't coming to mind of government programs that were purported to be temporary that have been with us ever since oh well the closest thing to eternal in this world is a government program right well i mean they could still claim it's temporary as long as they're claiming that in some point in the future, some indeterminate point, that they are indeed going to get rid of this program, it's still a temporary program. Because temporary is one of those things where it's an indeterminate moment in time. Temporary can last as long as you want it to last. There's no, nobody says that temporary has to mean anything specific. So, and, and if they did put a time limit on it, who's to say they're not going to just come back and break their word? We're talking right. about politicians. Absolutely. Uh, They say that in this country, a nationalization of some banks, not the whole banking sector, don't be worried about us. We're just going to do it here and there. It's just going to be a little bit of nationalization. No big deal. Uh, According to the president of the Peterson Foundation, a former senior official in the Bush administration, he says that uh, it should be a last resort, but it should definitely now be on the table. 
In early April, big institutions will publish their first quarter results, and so the time for biting the bullet may also be fast approaching, according to the story. If the intervening Treasury stress tests have not then revealed the true state of their balance sheets, then their first quarter results may do so. The first week in April, that's when the party's over, says an analyst. That's when the obvious will become apparent. The Obama administration remains opposed to federal control, however, with their spokesman saying that governments are terrible managers of bad assets. So on one side... They're, you, not good, they're terrible managers of good assets. They're terrible managers. So there you have it. Uh, they are looking at nationalizing banks, and they've already begun the process. You, if you recall, a few weeks ago, there was a, the Bank of America story where the government, the U.S. federal government, owns 6%. If, if I loan, if I borrow money from a bank, say a couple hundred thousand dollars, and the government starts inflating the money supply or inflation really takes hold, are they going to be able to change the value of the principal on my loan because it's a nationalized bank? <laughs> Fine they question. can do whatever they want if it's That's the true. government. They can. Your thoughts about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by our friends over at SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give to you, including the updates. You get signed up, and we keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Are you thinking about starting a business? Here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against friv- frivolous lawsuits that could wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all kinds of legal documents. Patents, wills, trademarks, LLCs, pretty much any normal legal document that you need. LegalZoom does it. They're not lawyers, but they it was started by attorneys. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save $10 off your order. I've done it. It is fast and easy. LegalZoom.com. As we continue here, taking your phone calls about what you want. Let's go to Cliff in Miami on the amp line. Hello, Cliff. Hey, guys. How are you doing tonight? Hey, what's on your mind, too, dude? All on my mind tonight is um, the way I'm looking at it, and this is, again, my point of view, is I think some of these New World Order type guys are the ones that are really scared, are, are, are kind of right and wrong at the same time. They're, they're kind of what? You broke up a bit there. New World Order guys oh. are kind of what? They're, not, they're right and wrong at the same time. What do you mean by that? Yeah, here's what I mean by that. The reason why, why they're wrong, let's start with that one first. The reason why they're wrong is they think that there's you know, a group of 10 guys or 10 families or whatever it may be controlling the entire apparatus. But the way I look at it is there's a lot of you know, people out there that have a lot of power who have been rich for multiple, multiple generations who are just bored. You know, with, they don't know what to do with their money. And I don't know. It's not, it's not even about money. What it is about is, is, more, is more control. Because if you take a look at everything that's being, that's being changed right now, let's take a look, for instance, the banks are being nationalized. The car companies are being nationalized. The healthcare system is being nationalized. I mean, everything is, 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 is pointing towards, you know, just the government controlling basically everything in your life. So, I mean, that, they're not focusing on the, on the government is what I'm saying. They're focusing on just the elites, you know. You, you get what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if it makes any sense, but that's the way I look at it. Well, I think, the, so I think the, that there are people who are just attracted to power and control and influence over others, and they're all wrestling, and certainly there are some that are far more effective and more successful at... Uh, usurping that kind of power, and there are others who are not. I, I think it's more of a consequence no, that, of society that, today. Mistake, the mistake, 
yeah, I think the mistake is that they're focused so much on on the individual, the one specific doing, and not group. the apparatus that, that's being used. So basically, what I'm saying is the government is the problem. I'm not saying there there are yes. as you guys would realize there are individuals controlling the government. Sure, so the problem really is the government. Absolutely, but, I think well, you're spot on. Basically, my many understanding of them understand many uh, you know people that believe in the conspiracy theories do understand that it's the government being used against us. And <laughs> however, they believe they can take take it over and restore the republic or whatever. You can't draw and, that generalization. They don't all believe the same things. No, they don't all believe the same things. But that seems to be a common theme from my understanding of the last election season, where the conspiracy guys were a lot of them were behind Ron Paul because not because they believed in liberty necessarily, but because they believed that. Ron Paul could make everything right again with the uh, the U.S. federal government. Right, but you also can't do it in very large numbers because then you become part of the kill box and they'll just drop a nuclear bomb on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one, one last thing. Oh, yeah, you can't, you can't be scared because whatever's going to happen next it will happen. But one last right. thing. Um, as far as um, as far as, as, far as uh, the, this entire thing, I, th- I think that we are running out of time, meaning that people that still believe in liberty, we are really running out of time because, as you can see, uh, everything is, is happening at a much faster pace. Yes. You know, it seems like, you know, for instance, 26 days, they pretty much got everything they wanted. Now it's just a matter of implementing it. You know, they, got, they already have it all. They have the money for the, for, to buy up everything, and they already have the, 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 medicine, the medical side as, as well, and the Internet with, uh, you know, the advent of Internet to et cetera. So I don't we really know if are running we're, out of time. I, I, I don't I, know if that makes any sense, but I don't know if I agree are. that we're running out of time per se. I, I think um, we are certainly missing some opportunities, but I think there's some really bigger opportunities to come as as people are getting laid off and the government stops fulfilling its yep. promises and leaves them high and dry. They're going to start. Like what's happening out in California where they're not delivering on income tax refunds? One perfect example. And that's just the beginning. It's going to get far worse than that. And these people are not going to be so attached to their belief that, oh, government's good and they're going to take care of me because Mm. they're leaving them. Yeah, I, th- I think. You, well, I see where you're coming from, Sam. But I, at the same time, I, while I agree with that, I also agree with Cliff in that a sense of urgency. I think is really important. I uh, no, yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree, but I think the the thing is to really focus on getting this message out to as many people as we can, so that when that opportunity does come around, when things start to bottom out and people are looking for an answer and they are willing to step beyond their belief in government because it has been shattered by these broken promises. The, the more people that we can reach and, and get these ideas, at least plant seeds with them, the more effective we're going to be as that starts to unfold. All right, guys. Well, have a good night. Cliff, thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. So, yes, getting the message of liberty out there in as many different venues as possible, as soon as possible, I think is absolutely imperative, which is one reason why the Free Talk Life AMP program is so useful, You know, allowing you to put a few bucks of your money behind this show and helping us get on in new markets. And it's also important uh, to help develop the other programming uh, that's out there. Free Minds TV, Sam, your Obscure Truth Network at ObscuredTruth.com. Dave Ridley's Ridley Report at RidleyReport.com. A lot of these great liberty-oriented programs that are coming out of New Hampshire. That's, an, I think, another important factor is that we are we're building up this base of really good liberty-oriented content on both television, radio, on television and radio, and also the internet and newsprint, even with the NA, uh, the New Hampshire Free Press. And we're getting as much liberty-minded uh, material out into the public as we possibly can, as quickly as we possibly can. I think they're 
that we do need to have a sense of urgency about this because the the state is growing and we we need to get this message out there. We can beat the state. They're so slow and incompetent and dumb. Uh, we can win this, well, and, and, and I think they, we will. They leech off of the people. So when the people, it's just like Gandhi said, when a hundred million Indians stand up and say no. You will just simply leave because you will have no other choice. Yeah, and we will, I think, win this. It's just uh, we need to encourage people to be a part of it. I mean, we had the guy that called in earlier. It was Dave who was saying, well, I'll come up to New Hampshire when you guys fix all the liquor laws. <laughs> that's the kind of attitude that's not going to really help us get well, to where we want to go. That's not the kind of people the Free State Project attracts. The people that come to New Hampshire that are willing to uproot their lives and come up here are doers. People who will say, you know what, this law is bad and I want to do something to change it. And they're willing to take a stand for that and and what? work with the other activists to bring it about. And they want their life to be, you know, have meaning in the area of liberty. Yes. I mean, your, your life has meaning about whatever you want it to have meaning about. If it's, uh, you know, has meaning for your family, that's that's great and that's fine. I Mine does, too. Mm-hmm. I live in New Hampshire. I can still have both of those forms of meaning. But your life, you know, it, it's it's what the meaning is whatever you want to make it. And if you want it, want to make it about something like striving for liberty, you can have that. I don't know. Uh, is is Ian going to be the next Samuel Adams? I, maybe. Let's hope so. I mean, maybe not. Yeah, I started listening to the show and I was working in this corporate job where I'm at essentially helping uh, the, the big companies like AT&T and Sprint and some of these folks sift through all of the government regulations so that they can really stick it to the little guys, the Celex and the mid-sized phone companies out there. And I realized uh, this is over time. This is just not the kind of legacy that I want to leave. This is not the difference that I want to make in the world. And here I am. And here you are, and you have encouraged by your coming here and you doing what you've been doing over at ObscuredTruth.com, you've encouraged other people and inspired other people to find inside themselves what it is that they want to be instead of what it is perhaps that they're currently doing. And in some cases, what you're doing might be what you want uh, in the long run. But if you want something different and you want some really great opportunities, uh, those can be found up here in New Hampshire, both for life and for activism. More on the way, 800-259-9231 and taking action sooner rather than later is a good idea. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you to bring up anything is 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you, including the wiki. Got over 1,800 pages created by listeners just like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive for free. That's W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com. Also, I want to invite you to the upcoming New Hampshire Free State Project Liberty Forum. The 2009 Liberty Forum is happening coming up in March, the 5th 
through the 8th, so not too far off at this point. It's going to be a huge event with hundreds of like-minded liberty activists all convening in the Crown Plaza Hotel in Nashua, New Hampshire for the weekend. It's going to be a good time. Free Talk Live will be broadcasting live from the event. Uh, I believe, Sam, you're probably going to be there with your cameras from ObscureTruth.com. I am, and I've actually talked to those guys about setting up a properly lit uh, interview set to do oh, cool. some filming and stuff. And if that happens, and any of the other folks out there in the liberty movement that are part of the media that want to use my lighting to get some good uh, shots or interviews, you're, I'm going to make that available to those folks. So Great. Come that, find me. That'll be a nice uh, step forward. And the Liberty Forum continues to get better year after year. The guest lineup, uh, the guest speakers this year is tremendous with people like Glenn Jacobs, a huge star from the WWE. You might know him as Kane. Dr. Mary Ruart will be there from the book Healing Our World. And so many other people. I don't have my list in front of me at the moment, but uh, there's a full list of speakers at freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. You can get signed up. You can still use the Free Talk Live discount code to save yourself 10%, even though uh, it's this close. I mean, it's going to be soon. The hotel is filling up, so get your spot while you can. Our discount code is 2009FTL. That's 2009FTL. And there's a lot to do. Uh, of course, uh, dinners, luncheons, speeches, panel discussions, after-hours parties, uh, networking. You're going to be surrounded by the many of the people that you hear call this show, many of the callers from New Hampshire, a lot of the personalities you've heard over the years on Free Talk Live. Many of those folks will be there at the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. And because it's the liberty-minded uh, people, they don't... They don't good take times. T- it's a, it is a good time, <laughs> but I'd like to point out that, the, that there's an interesting thing that goes on called the Alternatives Expo, and I know that uh, the Alt Expo doesn't pay for coverage on this show, but it's just kind of an interesting example of what happens up here. When the liberty-minded people, these kind of independent, entrepreneurial sorts, see something that they disagree with, they don't go running to mommy government, and they don't say, well, we, we don't agree with what the Liberty Forum's doing. We want you to come in and change things. What they do is they go out and they start their own competing event in the same hotel. <laughs> so the Alternatives Expo has been confirmed. I was kind of wondering over the weekend as whether or not it was going to happen, and I talked to Jack Shimmick, the guy yeah. who's in charge of it. Jack's not the one. <laughs> not to be dissuaded by anything. Yep, and he's going to be doing it. I think they've rented out uh, three hotel rooms or something like that for this year's Alternatives Expo. So the Alt Expo, which is kind of running concurrently with the Liberty Forum is going to be bigger than it has been over the past couple of years. So, nice. so if there's not enough on the Liberty Forum schedule for you to be interested in, and there's a lot on the Liberty Forum schedule, there's also something else going on in that very same hotel. So, I find cool. them very interesting. What goes on at the uh, Alt Expo, and, and we'll have p- guests on from both. We'll have mm-hmm. uh, guests on who are speaking at the Alternatives Expo while we're there uh, doing Free Talk Live live from the Liberty Forum. We'll also have the uh, we'll grab as many Liberty Forum speakers as possible. I'm sure we'll get Glenn Jacob over on the show at some point and of course we'll have as many of our co-hosts step in and sit in for a while as well so it's gonna be a good time and you guys if you're there uh come on and sit in on the third microphone that's uh, certainly an opportunity also so we're looking forward to it and we'll see you at the 2009 liberty forum as we continue with your phone calls we'll talk to sean in minnesota sean you're on free talk live hey good evening guys before i make my point i want to say congrats on making whatever that list is you're on and i hope you make it higher on that list. (laughs) the talkers magazine heavy hundred it's a really big bit of news for free talk live within the industry it's a a, quite a milestone for us and so yes i expect that we will rise on the list over time oh good good what do you call um the article from from Forbes that you were reading, I think two nights or three nights ago, and, and I'm shocked 
that a corporate publication like that would actually write an article of that nature. And I agree with your guy, you guys' disposition 500%. I have always considered all academic institutions from elementary to universities to be a scam because they don't to me, education is something that involves expanding your mind, and these academic institutions don't do that. What they do is they teach you how to follow orders. This is because true. all you do is read a textbook and repeat back in the form of a test what you what you've read in the textbook to the professor or the teacher or what have you. Now, Sean, I agree with you that yes. Um People are not getting the best education when they go to government schools. But the fact is, most of them are able to graduate. At least 80% of them can read and are functionally literate. So that's, you know, pretty good. And they're able to go out and go on to college and, and, you know, get a job and survive in life. So how do we take people from today's paradigm to really show them how much better a private competing education with the proper incentives would be? Any ideas? Well, well, well. First of all, Ed, I believe homeschooling is the best. Not not only for children. There there are there are there is an increasing population of parents who are homeschooling children, and and I hope that keeps on increasing. But also for adults too, because when when you're learning on your own. And it's something that you want to do. You're doing whatever it is that's your passion and you're studying and you're studying that and learning that. And it's not about passing some tests or repeating some information back to, to a professor. Yeah. To me, that, that's just a, a far, far, far more effective way of, of, of expanding and enhancing your mind. It is, yeah. I didn't, I didn't go to film school or I haven't gone to law school, but I love learning about those subjects and, and becoming more proficient in them. And that's from my, my understanding of homeschooling is what the, 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 the one of the best ways to teach in a homeschooling environment is to give your, uh, to give your child the basics that he needs to be able to go out and do that research teach himself learn. teach him how yeah. yeah how to learn and let him or her uh, explore his own uh, boundaries and explore his own interests to the point where he's no you know no longer interested in exploring wherever but, that end point is and and help them uh, you know where you can them. um it you know and at sometimes some students will need help with math uh you know mom and dad can try to remember how to do math and <laughs> try to transitioning help. though from where we are today to a point where people on a massive scale come to understand that is a very difficult proposition i think that what we should be focusing on is helping those who are interested in freeing themselves today free themselves from the government system and then eventually the rest of the people will come along they'll see the benefits they'll see uh, they'll see people opting out they'll see people leaving the government paradigm behind and entering into the homeschooling world and we'll be you know we can publicize that and we can show how beneficial it is and especially especially it'll be publicized when some of those homeschooling parents decide all right not only are we going to leave the government schools but we're also going to do what sam suggested earlier tonight and stop paying for the government schools in mass and as a group instead of just one family stopping and being targeted and being taken out have a group of families say that's it we're not sending our kids to your schools so you're not getting our money and we might contribute voluntarily to some scholars 
scholarships and that sort of thing. But we're not going to voluntarily pay for these awful government schools anymore. That'll draw more attention to the the whole issue. It'll draw more attention to homeschooling as a potential solution, and hopefully will draw more attention to the idea of, of non-cooperation in regards to these insane levels of taxes that we're paying for these government schools. And I think at that point, people will look at that and they'll say, if it happens in this in this way, where these multiple families are doing this simultaneously, they'll look at that and they'll see, oh my gosh, these these folks are getting away with something I've always only dreamed about. I've dreamed about not paying 50% of my property tax bill, and now they're doing it, and they're getting away with it, and they haven't had their houses stolen from them? Well, I'm coming on board with this. And then before you know it, it's a popular movement. I was in Home Depot here talking to uh, the lady checking me out. And, you know, we go, we started talking about reducing the size of government. She asked me why I moved here. I said, Free State Project. Nothing was really connecting until I said, you know, there's a guy here who's considering not paying 60% of his proper, of property I want to get the property rest of the story taxes. in a moment here. Hang on. Uh, thank you, Sean, for the call. More on the way. You can bring up whatever you want in these remaining moments. Just enough time for you. Dial up at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live, just enough time for your call. If you make it now, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by our friends at SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Sam. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give to you. So enjoy those on us. And if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can learn how to do, uh, you can learn how to promote the show by going to promote.freetalklive.com. There's a whole list of things there that you can do. Many of them completely free. A few of them very low cost, like printing flyers, for instance. You can do all that and more at promote.freetalklive.com. There's a list of stuff there. Promote.freetalklive.com. Let's go right to your phone calls. It's the point of the show. Talk to John in New Hampshire. John, you are on Free Talk Live. Hello, John in New Hampshire. Going once. Gentlemen. John, what's on your mind tonight? I just thought I'd call in from, uh, this is my first call in from Grafton, I believe. Uh, you've Have you moved yourself to Grafton? Yeah, I did quite a few months ago. I've been uh, back and forth from Grafton to Salem, and uh, I got my computer here and uh, plugged in and finally listened to you live. So, John, why don't you explain to our listeners why Grafton? I mean, you're talking about Grafton, New Hampshire. It's a tiny little town. Grafton, New Hampshire. Why Grafton? It's just a little more freer than Salem, New Hampshire. Uh, Salem, New Hampshire is right on the Massachusetts border, and when I moved to New Hampshire... Uh, I always wanted to come here because it's a beautiful state, and it's a little bit freer than where I came from. And I moved to uh, Salem because it was a commuter location. I had my old job, and uh, the economy the way it is, it got downsized, and uh, uh, a strange uh, blessing in disguise is what I like Isn't to that usually it. how it works out for people uh, when uh, people lose their jobs? Many of them are upset at first, and then later they see the silver lining. I wasn't again. even upset at first. That's good. <laughs> You've been through it before, huh? See you later. Yeah, I just I I saw this coming, and I was like, you know, it's time it's time to time to move on, and that and yep. that's all cool. And a perfect opportunity, uh, you know, getting laid off is a perfect opportunity to pick up and move somewhere that you would bet you'd fit in better. And I know that uh, the the town of Grafton, New Hampshire, is attracting a lot of Free State Project movers and a lot of liberty-minded people because oh, really? it's what's well, my understanding. I thought it was just me. No, no, oh, come on now, you're playing because you know that one of the I'm reasons you it. went there was because there were already a lot of voluntarist types, uh, liberty-minded people, and even some political activists there in Grafton. Yep. Uh, and it's a very small town, so there, it's pretty easy to to uh, to make a splash there, if you will. Yeah, and oh, got- it's absolutely gorgeous. And for anybody who's afraid of New Hampshire, 
have to tell them, please stay away because it's snowing like crazy up here. You'll never be able to handle it. You know, <laughs> if you can't handle that, it, Mark likes to uh, talk about some occasionally uh, mention, you know, uh, Washington on the Delaware or not, that sort of thing. You know, if you can't handle if you can't handle a little bit of snow and a little bit of cold, eh, maybe you should stay where you are. Yep, yep, you know, absolutely. It's, it's, but, but anyway, it's yeah. true, John. But they have heaters in Grafton too, right? They do. Um, yeah, we get a couple of them, and, <laughs> and we're burning a lot of wood too. And you know what? We it's, I've been up here a few months, you know, back and forth to Salem. We're we're doing some beautification of the uh, local, uh, you know, over here at the Hoyt Farm. We're we're actually we haven't burned anything but. Trees that were already dying and mm-hmm. dead. Yeah, you know, we, we, there's so much wood up here. It's it's just beautiful. So, what else did you want to share with us tonight, John? Uh, you mentioned the Alt Expo, and um, yes, it's a an alternative uh, exposition going on at the upcoming 2009 Liberty Forum. That's so awesome. It's um, what when when I saw you guys live down there, and I, I played a song on the radio with you guys mm-hmm. down there, and. I was involved with Alt Expo more than with the Liberty Forum type thing. It's you know it's kind of the same thing, but I wouldn't have been there if it weren't for the Alt Expo. The Alt Expo is kind of a thing. Um, sometimes freedom activists are, are very uh, you know they're on one path or another, and Jack Schimmick has taken this thing where it's like you don't have to be on any particular path. Just find a freedom. You know, find a way to move off of the system. Some people talk about energy. Some people talk about alternative ways of building homes. Some people talk about, you know, organic gardening. Some people talk about, you know, it it could be endless possibilities. Right, it's stuff Uh, that wouldn't necessarily fit in the larger curriculum. Teach us in school. There are things that, you know, the mainstream media doesn't tell us. There are things that are just alternatives, you know, and that's where all... Maybe people that are listening don't understand alt. When you say alt, that's just alternative. Yep, and they should come up and experience it for themselves. Altexpo.org is their website. John, thanks for the call. We'll see you at the uh, the Liberty Forum this year. I love that Alt Expo. Um, I, you know, personally have got, gotten into the whole idea of uh, the farming and the organic thing uh, is interesting to me. I, I don't know that I'm going to get it. I'm probably going to do stuff organically, but mostly because you can sell it at a higher price at a premium um, if you give it away to people, and it makes it somehow more valuable. But, you know, I, I find it very interesting, some of the things they talk about the Alt Expo. And it really is all over the map, as John was pointing out there. So it's, it's stuff that wouldn't necessarily fit in a curriculum of a Liberty Forum, which is focused focus specifically on liberty-oriented uh, topics. These are kind of side shoots or offshoots of things that are tangentially related to being more free, uh, but not necessarily would be as large of a audience as you might find in the, the general Liberty Forum topics. In fact, uh, Sam, you gave a, a great presentation at uh, Porcupine Freedom Festival. Where there's an Alt Expo that happens at the Pork Fest, which is the summer event for the Free State Project, and there's another Alt Expo that happens at the Liberty Forum. You give a great Law of Attraction, uh, uh, I guess, presentation. And Talk, or, yeah. We, so, was well received. And I really I, I enjoyed that, and uh, without the Alternatives Expo, I, I wouldn't have had a place to do that. So it really worked out quite well. So uh, yeah, let's continue with your phone calls here and talk to Ziggy in Florida. Ziggy, Ziggy on Free Talk Live. I hear somebody there. Hello, going once, Hello. going twice. Who is this? Hello. Ziggy, yeah, you, you all right over there? Yeah, I'm on Skype. <laughs> Oh, okay. What's on your mind tonight? 
Oh, um, I was listening to your podcast, and one of you said that it was pretty easy to refinance your loans under one of the government loan programs. And uh, I can't remember which one of you it was, but um, I I have a student loan, and I got into that in some crazy situations. But um, my parents gave it to me, and they said, here you go, pay it. And I tried to get it refinanced through one of those government programs, mm -hmm. and they said they would not because it's some special type of loan, and they can't refinance those kinds. I so don't I know if anybody on this show claimed I that they refied. Say, I, I, I did say that uh, there were loans that you can get through the government, but then later on in the article, um, they... You know, basically said that the information that I knew about uh, you know school loans was inaccurate and old. And what can I say? You know, maybe it, maybe it is. So you're stuck with it, huh? Oh, kind of. I, I just decided not to pay it. It was kind of co-signed by someone else in the family. And since I told them I didn't want it, and they kind of surprised me with it and said you're getting it anyway, <laughs> I kind of figured I'll see what happens if I don't pay it. Well, wait. Your name is on the loan, though. They they yes. They put it under my name. Well, wouldn't that ruin your credit score? Yes, but if I wanted to use credit... Well, credit scores come in come in handy. I mean, I understand that I, when I was in, around your age and just starting my college years, I was I, my attitude was, who needs these credit cards and blah blah blah. Well, having a credit score comes in handy when you're trying to get a home loan, and it comes in handy if you just generally if you need a loan for a car, that kind of thing. Want to rent an apartment or a house? Uh, I want yeah. to know how somebody took a loan out in your name without uh, your signature. He did sign. You did sign for it. No. Right, so they went out and they got was a... Was that a yes or a no? It, was, it sounded like a... Was that a yes or a no? It was no, a no? Negative. Oh, so it's you didn't negative. sign for the loan, so it does not have your name on it then? Well, they signed my, they signed my name on it. They signed your name to a loan? Hmm. Yeah. Do they have your social security number? I mean, are they... They're his parents. They forged, they yes, they forged your, your name on this document? Yes. Well, I don't know if you can challenge that. I don't know what the process would be well, like. Challenging to, uh, it probably isn't a good idea but if you don't want bad things to happen to your parents. Well, I know something. Well, yeah. he said he didn't want the loan, and they went out and they got it for him An anyway. utterance to commit forgery is a, a felony, Ian. Do you want your mom to get a felony? Well, uh, uh, his credit score is going to go in the tank then. You would mom is sell your mom mom, down is him, mom is telling him, here, you get to pay off this loan now. That's here because you go. They, th they thought they were doing what was best for him. They're wrong, but they thought they were doing what was best for him. Do you want to sell your mom down the river for your credit no, score? No, I don't, but uh, you can't go bankrupt in, on the student loans. That was what the article was telling me last night. We didn't get to that detail, but there is no bankruptcy proceeding if you have a student loan. I believe that's loan. correct. So, Unless you have a co-signer. Really? And they got my uncle to co-sign for it. So if there's a co-signer, you can go bankrupt on a student loan? I think so. Basically, they would start pestering my uncle to pay it, and I'm trying to get them to pay my uncle to pay it. So. Well, the best but of, best I, of I don't necessarily think you need credit for everything because I got... Like, the place I'm renting, they didn't check my credit. I got a car. They oh, yeah. If credit. you've got enough cash, you don't need credit scores. There's no doubt about that. I mean, if you can save up enough money to rent your own apartment without having a credit check done, if you can save enough money and just buy a car with cash, a used car with cash or whatever, if you can uh, buy a house with cash, then clearly you don't need a credit score. You're absolutely right about that. It's just that it's helpful initially for people that do need it for the occasional thing like you know, buying their first house where they might not have. Yeah. $200,000. Thank you for the call tonight and good luck getting out from underneath that. What a mess. So many young people getting brought into the world of college loans without having any idea what is being done to them. And it's sad. Well, we're out of time. It's been Ian here with you. And Sam, I am. And Mark. I'm back tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com.
Peter Schiff on the economy. We're broke. This is not just a financial crisis. This is an economic collapse. The government is trying to interfere with the free market. All the government can do is create inflation. The government doesn't have any money. They're going to print it. Doesn't matter if you get your money out of the bank, but then you take it to the grocery store and you can't buy anything. We're going to die from the cure, not the disease. The change that we need is less government. It's less interference. We're just going to get more of the same, only worse. Shiftbomb.com, February 21st. Paid for by PEAC PAC. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee.